Welcome to the very, very, very strongest One Piece podcast. Arg! Maybe 80s. I am your host, Bill, along with my Nakama, with me for this voyage through One Piece. Introduce yourselves. Lewis! <laughs> <laughs> and Justin! Hey! So, every week we go through the legendary anime slash manga series, One Piece. Uh, and this week we are covering episodes 19 through 30, otherwise known as the Baratier arc. Ian, like whatever it's Ian, it's Ian, like whatever it's there, Bill. You got one piece at a time. One piece at a time. <laughs> Why, yeah, Justin wanted me to say we take it one piece at a time. Guys, I'm opening. I'm opening the Komodo on our production right off the bat. I wrote a brilliant script, and I was thinking one piece at a time. Is Bill going to do it? No, he skipped right over it. No, it, it. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm glad. <laughs> I didn't, didn't take the bait. I didn't take I the bait. Glad you know, I like where you're bait. taking it, Justin. I like where you're taking this. You know what? What I will say though is, for years, because I'm I'm obsessed with One Piece. Um, you know, you're at a party or something, and and someone's like, "Oh, I'll take one piece of like pizza or cake or something." Like, and I would hear One Piece, and I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like, I get excited because I'd hear One Piece, and yeah. Or you would go One Piece, wah! I'm like, they're talking about One Piece over there. I'm not even kidding. This is like a real thing. And I, the only what what took what it took to get over that was working in the art world where i had to ship one piece of art all the time so i've I've gotten over it the repetition of talking about one piece i was really expecting you to be like you know what got me over that when i got kicked out of that quinceanera (laughs) i kept talking to the grandmother about one piece but sometimes i do if i'm if i'm writing an email to someone sometimes i will write out one piece just to give a little nod to my favorite work of fiction you capitalize it God damn right. I put some respect on Oda's series. I I capitalize it. And I'm just waiting for one day someone someone to send to call me after I send the email and be like, Did saw you, you capitalize fucking... One Piece. Do you watch do you watch fucking One Piece? Yeah. And then I'll introduce them to the very, very, very strongest One Piece podcast that I make. Yeah, so what's going on, guys? What you've been up to? Not much. Just got back from Texas, the Yeehaw State. Yeehaw. This has been a big week in my life, actually. <laughs> uh, and 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 I'll break it down for you. It starts on Tuesday, when I make it back into Mythic rank on Magic Arena in only eight days. <laughs> Perfect. I fucking crushed it. It was great, and Yeet. I was even happier because the deck that I've been playing is was insane. And they actually banned a card from it the day after I made it into Mythic. So saw that. I crossed that finish line right when, right before they banned Time Warp. It was great. I felt really good about it back in the Mythic. That's three months in a row I've made it to Mythic. And sorry, guys. It's like the uh, Floyd Mayweather for other types of listeners what? of uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure there's I'm actually, no crossover. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to think I'm going to take a break from grinding the Mythic because I'm like, I get too stressed out about it. I get too like, I'm like, I'll literally, if, if I wake up, if I'm not in Mythic rank and I wake up at like 6 a.m., I start thinking like, I should go down and jam a, a few games. I, I'll just, I could do, you know, I can go up at least one whole tier. Yeah, right? I'll try. Yeah, I'll I could try just that. do that. And then six hours later, he's called into work. 
Yeah, like, exactly. I can't believe I did. <laughs> oh god, I'm fucked up. This is three hundred dollars on digital. So, packs. <laughs> yeah, oh, I spent I spent more than that. That's not. That's not. I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I made it to mythic rank. Got got my deck banned just afterwards, but it doesn't matter because I'm solidified in mythic for the month. Felt good about that. Then I uh, I started playing Shadow of the Colossus, which I've been been wanting to play for a long time and just never got around to it. And I'm probably about halfway through the game now. I'm like nine or ten bosses done out of, I think, 16. What I'll say is, as a person who really... What draws me to a video game a lot of times is the boss fights. Um, and Shadow of Colossus, even though these are not difficult bosses, the presentation is exquisite. It is phenomenal. And, I, I, Justin, I was texting you about this. That boss fight with the, the boss the of the bird... Oh my god, phenomenal. It's it's like the bird. The bird. Gohan. It's a bird. Um Yeah, it's it it has this way of like presenting like the weight and velocity of this thing to you. It's this it's the speed. I think it like it has there's a certain speed that it comes out at you that makes it feel really realistic. And it works best when you're doing those jumps to get on top of it. Yeah, like you know, th- I think that's what really sold it for me. I was like, well, the other thing I think is the gravity of it because you can actually fall from riding on top of the bird, but you'll fall into the lake, and so yeah. you won't die. So it's a way of like you fall and you can actually feel the weight of the fall because you're like in a lot of games, like you know, in in Dark Souls, you start falling off something. Like a lot of time, it won't show your character hit the ground. It'll just be like you oh, die, you yeah. know. And I, I like the way that, like, you you know, your character just falls all the way down. Yeah, flash, and it makes you, you know? feel, it's like, it's without dying, it makes you feel even fucking worse. Because you're yeah, like, you swim. Which swimming in game is one of the worst things. What's funny is that Bill was, like, talking about, like, the weight of uh, the mechanics of, like, the body move movement when you're, like, you're holding on to, like, the big bird. He's like, yeah, it's like, it feels so real. And my brain immediately went to... When he first started playing, he found this small fish in a lake and held onto it, and the body was still doing the same right Yeah, I found the way to like hang onto like some fishes, like little fish's tails. Like, is this the Colossus? And it's like swinging me around, even though it's smaller than me. Dragging his ass through the water. <laughs> you're, and you're playing the Blue Point remake. Yeah, yeah, the PS4 remake, which is they, yeah, uh, stunning. To the controls, did you did did you keep the classic controls or did you take the new controls? I don't know. Honestly, I just, I just, you know, when it starts giving me all those minions, I'm like, yeah, okay, 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 okay. I want to play the game. I just, like, you, I, did you, uh, well, you would know. Do you, do you jump with triangle? No. Okay. Then, yeah. That's, <laughs> that a, the, that's pretty bad. I didn't even know. No, that was, thing. that was the thing about yeah. the original game that everybody was like, that was like the make it or break it for the original game. Everybody was like, yeah. Why isn't people it? People didn't know if they, it, it was purposefully done so that it made you feel different when you jumped and like grabbed onto things like that was a, a big deal because there was no option to change it or anything like that but yeah. uh, that people yeah, were like I started shadow of the mm-hmm. colossus on a ps3 and i got to like the first colossus and uh i couldn't i still couldn't get the controls right i was getting so mad i was like this is a fucking bill game he's gonna love it because he could smash his controller i'm out <laughs> turned it off <laughs> Oh gosh, that first Colossus! Like the first time you see that one, is is stunning. So yeah, he's so fucking cool. Yeah, they're all all the ones I've fought so far are all cool. 
Um, I've been very happy with the game. It's living up to the hype. I will say that one, the horse boss where you have to like hide in the hole. Oh uh, yeah. I yeah, had to yeah. look up what to do on that one because it's it's this is this is actually a, a knock against the game actually is in in this especially on this boss is there are certain times when like you come up with the strategy and you're like oh I see there's like these holes like maybe I have to interact with them in some way and then I can jump on this colossus's back or whatever um but you you can't position like how do I have to do it in a way that the game recognizes that that's what I'm doing um and that's what takes me out of it sometimes that, that I think that's what keeps it from being like you know a, you know a 10 out of 10 or like a 9.5 out of 10 game for me so uh, far I is... not sure. what a colossal <laughs> fucking failure yeah, right? Just, yeah one piece at a time you took it like... one piece at a time <laughs> Um, Look at that, Justin, how about you? How you been? Uh, what you been doing? Wait, 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 wait! I have one more. There's one oh, more life event oh, that I have to cover here. Oh. This is. Oh no! I know. I, I thought that you were going to lead with this one. I, was, this, I can tell you. Yeah, I thought it was Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> no, this is another important life event. Is today was my first day back at a real gym since March 2020. I got I got a oh. gym membership at oh, a uh, at like yeah. a rock climbing gym that has a weight like a weight room. Oh, you're gonna be part of the rock climbing community? Uh, I mean, that's like uh, that's rock like climbing huge adjacent. down here. Okay. And he walked in and asked, "Do they have Mythic?" And when they said yes, he was like, "I'm trying right. to get the Mythic rank at the gym. <laughs> I'm trying to go up a tier." I wake up at six in the morning. I'm like, "I gotta grind the Mythic in the gym." <laughs> I can at least beat three or four of these guys up this rock wall. They have a cool rock climbing wall that's like just an endless wall. It's like almost like a treadmill wall. Um, oh, I'm not allowed to do it until I get like rock climbing shoes, which I don't know. I, I'm, that's not a priority for me. I, I, I didn't start the gym there because it was a rock climbing gym. I started because it was like had all the weightlifting stuff I wanted. Plus, it was like mostly open air inside the gym, which is important to me in this era. Um, yeah. Yeah, it. it I'm I'm also gonna get a membership at this gym, uh, so I can just yell at Bill and be like, "This guy doesn't even rock climb. He like, doesn't why even rock climb. Eating here? potato chips." Mm. <laughs> Look at this guy! What a loser! Some guy's got weights dropped. Look at him trying chest. to bench the Lewis. same weight again this week. Oh, this guy makes no progress. I'm looking barbecue flavored chips off my finger. <laughs> The the kid in front of uh, Lewis has got the weight on his like neck because Lewis said he would spot him and can't push it back up, Lou. No, and no oh, one wants yeah. Lou to spot for them because he's always got Cheeto dust on his fingers. <laughs> my doodle dust doodle fingers. Dust this is worst motivator. <laughs> you should just give up. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's you what I would come do. Come watch anime with me. <laughs> you, watch, you watch One Piece? <laughs> please, please help me, please. Do you watch One Piece or not? Nah? Fucking Luffy would, would bench that shit no problem. <laughs> you were not the very, very, very strongest. You might be the very strongest. <laughs> no, well, honestly, Bill, I thought you were going to talk about the Elden Ring trailer. Oh, that was, was going to be that is also like the live event deal. that was going on. That's yeah, that's also a very Probably big deal. Sure. Very excited to see the Elden Ring uh, gameplay trailer. I mean, I've been mostly just obsessed with magic. I mean, honestly, getting into Shadow of Colossus is the first game I've played probably since I started playing Magic Arena, thanks to Justin. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seeing that trailer just got me excited to play more Dark Souls games. I mean, it, the the world looks amazing. 
the double jump horse that we have. I this I, is, I'm you know, gonna, we don't get a lot of games with a double jump horse. So, I'm and you know what? I don't think that this game has one either because I did not see a horse double jump, and I watched that trailer three hey, times. Do you want me to pull it up? I have. I can pull it up right now. <laughs> All right, listen. You want to see? A we might have jump? to cut some. Uh, we might have to cut. Later, but Bill's gonna pull this up right now for us. I bet you I can just search Definitely. double jump horse and it'll just come up right away. But I bet Bill, you, every, if you did that, Bill, I'd be impressed. Yeah, <laughs> Bill's right. been texting at least once a day, just randomly double jump horse <laughs> <laughs> with no context. Look, we I'm don't saying. get a lot of games with a double jump horse, so sorry if I'm excited. Or that we finally got or one. Any. Yeah, I know. I saw the horse jump vertical. All right. You want to see a double jump? Are you watching my screen right now? I'm, I'm, on, I'm, it. I'm on it. All right. Can Bill. you see the full screen? I'm ready to be proven wrong. You're going to be proven wrong. Okay. As you'll see right now, there, here's a horse. Okay. <laughs> and here the horse okay, is in the air. Is, is, here the horse okay, is in the, the horse. air. Is it not in the air? It has already jumped. All right. Let's yeah. take a look. You don't know. A little well, bit. Do, we, do we confirm that it jumped? So here's the horse on the ground. Horse okay. jumps. Horse yeah. jumps again. No, there was something there. It was, was an air hike. Yeah. If, okay. If you play Smash Brothers, they show a little thing too. When you look, double jump. That they cut. That was a cut. That was a cut. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Double what about right yeah, here? Yeah, that's a cut. That's a, yeah. That's a double jump. That's a, that's cut. a cut. They cut. That's a completely different scene. Or it's the same jump. You guys, are trying to do, you guys are trying to do the unhinged no. thing to me now, so look, we're gonna end no, this conversation. We're just trying to help you, but oh, it's Bill's clearly a double jump. Very upset. It's clearly, clearly and it's not it, at the very drop. least, Bill. You can you can at least compromise and say it is not clearly a double. Jump no, it's horse. very clearly. It is, it is without, a without question a double. Bill, I'm only saying this because I don't want eight months to go by, and then when we finally play this game, and you can't double jump the horse, you're gonna be so pissed. I'm gonna double jump right in this waiting. boss's face. Look at this. Gonna, Boom! Double jumps, baby. Or even worse, you're gonna be thinking, no, the double jump is gonna come later. I have to unlock it. <laughs> yeah. And you'll never yeah. unlock it. Yeah. Or there's gonna there be an hour of trying like, the DLC the later jump? and it's like paid DLC. <laughs> this is where they get you. I'm gonna be on the podcast. This is where they get you guys. This is where they get you. <laughs> They show you the double jump in the trailer. Clearly, clearly. It's very clear. Any any idiot can see they it. I don't know. They, they probably took it out. They probably <laughs> took it out, guys. I'm gonna be honest. It's with. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are not seeing. They literally one two. I see. No, I see the what you're saying. I but I see two distinct different scenes like camera angles, it goes say. to a different angle after the second jump takes place yes so, but you can see in one scene how you can see the like look if i do a there's like a slow-mo can i ask you a question when you watch a movie and dwayne the rock johnson first of all like dwayne the rock anything that he does he did he did that he did that he did that remember when he flexed and his okay, cast yeah, broke <laughs> whatever awesome. whatever he did he did that that's all i'm gonna say what was that? Was that the Tooth Fairy movie? No, that was, man, that was Fast 7 when he's like, Daddy's he's got to go to work. And he goes like this, and then the cast breaks. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> man, that was so cool, Rock. Okay, we're going to take this I'll at rock one quarter go. speed. I'm going to take it at one quarter speed. We're going to watch it frame by frame. Lightning. Got big old lightning, and we have a jump. And there's another jump. 
Whoa! In the, oh, yeah. I saw the effects. Yeah. I thought, okay. Yeah, all right. so you guys are fucking with I, me. You know what? I'm going to say this. You were I wrong. Stay corrected. Yeah, you were wrong. I stay corrected. No, 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 no. Look, I'm... You know what? I'm going to double down. <laughs> I don't think it's real. I think the blast blasted the horse away. And look, he... this is why you you're think... lucky to have... Right, listeners, this is why you're lucky to have me as a host, because I'm going to notice everything. These guys can't even notice a double jump horse when I show them the when I show them the scene 12 times. 12 times they watch it, and they're like, I don't see a die. double jump horse. So when I, I... Later in the series, when I'm like... Yeah, Shanks did this. You guys be like, Shanks didn't do it, and then I have to go First back and show them the pen. Don't be talking to me about Shanks. Like I don't know Shanks. You don't all right? know Shanks. You yeah. might, maybe <laughs> you Shanks. don't know Shanks. Like this. <laughs> Gosh, like I tell you, when I was watching, I was watching this uh, arc late late at night, and I tell you, maybe six or seven times, I thought uh, Shanks was. Is that Shanks? Shanks showing up. <laughs> Oh, another thing. Another thing that we we need to share with the listeners is uh, Justin texted me, uh, I think two days ago, asking. He's like, "Hey, would there be spoilers if I bought this One Piece uh, treasure treasure pirate warriors? Oh, yeah, uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors three. It's literally all right. Let's let's take this. Let's break this one down for a second <laughs> because down. it's Pirate Warriors three. It's not even the first one in the series." And we're literally <laughs> at episode 19 at the time of him sending me this text message. So we're 2% of the way through the series. And Justin's like, is there going to be spoilers? I'm like, the, <laughs> the fucking, the box art probably has more spoilers than I could even count on it. Look, it was $8, Phil. Justin's and I like, thought I'm gonna, it could I'm help gonna, the podcast. I could give a review yeah, of the game. Well. Justin's like... Yeah, I'm going to get this game for eight bucks. It's going to be a steal. I'm going to ruin my whole podcast. I'm going to ruin my whole One Piece experience. I'm going to ruin everything. But uh, I got a sick deal on this game. It was $8. It's worth it. Monkey D. Luffy's on it's the like cover. It's like $12 you know off the normal price. You know, no, you know what it was? It wasn't, Mon- it wasn't Monkey D. Luffy. It was, it was Shanks that I saw on the cover that I was like, oh, fucking Shanks is in this game. Can I play as Shanks? And I didn't look any further into it. But the idea of playing as Shanks, <laughs> I would have almost played. Look, I, I fully empathize with the idea of seeing Shanks do anything. Am I going to pay $8 for it? Yeah, I'm going to pay. I'll pay way more than $8. But I buy the, digital magic the original point still stands. So... That actually brings us to our first uh, segment of the show, of our new segments, we got new segments that I wanted to introduce. That's right. Welcome um, to the very, very strongest new segment, baby. Very, 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 very. Oh, that's for the sequel. Uh, yeah, that's, oh. that's the sequel. Uh, Take it easy. That's the bonus mm-hmm. content. <laughs> the OnlyFans uh, subscribers <laughs> get that content. Anyway, go on. This segment's called You Don't Know Oda. So what I did was... As a uh, comic book fan, I like to look at the the price of um, original art from like a very like you know like well known artists uh, you know like Jack Kirby and like a uh, John Romita Sr. or something like that. And so I was thinking, I was like, man, I wonder what some like original Achira Oda art goes for, like original pages. So. And ju- just for listeners who don't know, there are two kinds of like comic book art and like manga art. I would assume it's either a custom drawing that the creator does for a 
person, like a fan, like, you know, they like, you know, the creator draws it and then they, you know, sign it and they'll give it to you. Um, and then there are original pages here. We're going to start simple. Did you find these like on eBay? Or yeah, something? I found them on eBay. So I'm going to see if I can. Bill, would you ship Oda art through eBay? Uh, no, I mean, it depends on the price, but I, I would generally say no. So th- this is what I thought was interesting, too, because I was like, well, Bill and uh, Bill and Lewis are both somewhat, uh, they're more in the art scene than I am. Bill, uh, definitely much more. He directly deals with this sort of thing. So this original Oda piece, what is the eBay asking price? Do you have an image? And uh, I put it in our in the chat. General? Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Okay. Um, 2011. I'm give you guys... So this is this is 2011. This is post time skip arc uh, art. Um, Look at the. What's e. the size of it? Okay. Give me one second. I will give you that in a second, along with a brief description. That's kind of cute. He made the E in one piece an anchor. Always is. Yeah. Oh, it must just look a lot better (laughs) nowadays. Hanging off the side of the boat or something. (laughs) Never noticed that. See, you didn't notice that double jump horse either, but you know what? You know. (laughs) All right. So here. So I have it at. So this was a autographed 2011 200 million book anniversary limited jump point piece of art that Oda did. He did 1,500 of them. So he drew this image 1,500 times limited limited edition. Dude, listen. I can't believe it's your Oda, dude. How do you do fifteen hundred of these in addition to the all the other shit you do every week? Like it makes no sense. And, and I could tell it's they're all slightly different because there are other ones on eBay. This is just I saw this one as a nice middle ground asking price. So this is like what most of them are going for. What what are our options? What are our okay, options? I put them in the notes there, but uh, for the listeners. I have a two hundred and sixty-five dollars. Remember, remember, fifteen hundred of these were made. B four hundred and eighty-five dollars. C six hundred and twenty-nine dollars. Or D nine hundred and sixty-two dollars. The asking price for this original piece from Achira Oda. Now. Bill, do you want to be the gentleman and let Lewis guess first? Since you probably have the slight advantage. Uh, slight advantage, but there's a lot of different ways this can go. Um, exactly. That's why I thought it was a fun little game. But yeah, why don't, Lou, why don't you go first? <laughs> I'm not going to change my answer based uh, on your answer, I promise. Liar. Mm-hmm. Because my answer is it's a trick question. Justin planted this. He actually drew it. I'm going to go with C. $629. Okay. Lou, that is your answer. For, for 1,500 copies 
and it's just one single page, I'm going to go, yeah. See. Yeah, you didn't tell us. What's the size on this one? Oh, uh, I forgot. Yeah, let me tell you. It is... I would say it's probably no bigger than letter size. I, I think in unless it's like a poster size, which is definitely not because it's done in pencil or it looks like charcoal. I'm gonna. I, I think it's. I think it's B, four eighty five. You think it's B four eighty five? I mean, I, it's fun, it's weird because I could see it going higher or lower. I could see it either being A or C. Uh, D seems a little steep, but I also don't know what original art from Machiro Oda goes for. But he makes so much that. D seems a little high. Like it's this is not exactly like a dead or rare artist, you know, uh, or like yeah. a rare piece. So or I, I think... or it's not like original pages or something like that. That was the thing I was really looking for was it were original pages. Um, but I couldn't find any. Yeah, I do I'm gonna go roll. with B. <laughs> okay. And drum roll from Lewis. It is C. Wow. Oh, baby! Six hundred and twenty-nine dollars. I've seen this for nine hundred. One of these pieces for nine hundred, and I've seen one for like five ninety-nine. But most of them are around the six hundred and fifty-dollar range. Uh, I got it right, Bill. Look at me. Look at me. I am your captain now. I, I am your captain. Now. Wait, I was looking at this double jump horse. Hold on, let me get back to you. God damn it! <laughs> so Bill, with that the, uh, Bill uh, uh, for the rest of the episode, I'm gonna today. I'm holding that over your heads because <laughs> you tried to crush my dreams. You tried to take away my treasure. You take away your take away your uh, your uh, double jump board. Your double treasure. jump. All right, so yeah, so I I fun. I think that's a yeah, that's that a bit great. of a high price for that, but you know, I, I guess that's not the kind of thing that I would want to make a big purchase for. If I was purchasing like a, a unique one piece object, but that's yeah, no, I uh some of these uh, okay, so I am seeing now some original like uh original pages and they're going for like six thousand dollars, so yeah. and they're not even yeah. signed, hmm. so that's 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 something. Also a little outside of my price range, but oh yeah, no, that that would be like you know when you make it uh, big and the and the and the misses uh. The significant other, or you know, whatever you, you retire from work, and somebody they give you like a nice, nice gift. It's you're like, oh crap, this is this is nice. This is a piece of material. Yeah, give that as a going away gift. Yeah, yeah, it ain't no uh, first edition magic card, but yeah, exactly. this thing is a first edition magic card. They're first edition. Magic no, card. it's first edition Pokemon cards. I think Yu Gi Oh also has what would first you call edition. The first, like. What would you call the first like batch of like a card? Uh, there isn't a first like batch. First print. I mean, you could talk about alpha, beta, or unlimited, but those are sets. So, well, I think like uh, I know book printings. There's like a uh, first printing, second printing, oh, third yeah, printing. But that's that a whole different. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, just goes to show I don't know shit about art. <laughs> Does everybody get that first edition Machamp in your starter Pokemon? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there was another. I mean, maybe the uh, when they did base set too, there was probably another Machamp, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's, no, the uh, the not first edition Machamp is actually more valuable. Probably, yeah. Than the first edition Machamp. That's that shows you how backwards that is. Anyways, do you guys want to get into the actual uh, episode? <laughs> yes, I do. We're gonna start with episode nineteen, and. One of the first things I want to highlight in this episode, so this is the Zoro backstory episode. He runs up, he challenges the dojo, 
and we see him use the nine sword style. He's got like three swords in his mouth, three swords in each hand. <laughs> I was laughing so much. I was like, first of all, he's full Zoro already. He's got 38 swords. He's, how many swords can he pick up? As many as his little hands could carry. <laughs> uh, yeah, just dropping them on the countdown too. Every time they're like, all right, get ready. He just like keeps just dropping more and more of them. Oh yeah, that's no. That was this. This was uh, great. As a first time, as a first time viewer, this this was this was a treat. This was a singular treat. I, I um I actually realized that I've seen past this before. Yeah, but I forgot completely about this. So this was all brand new to me, and I completely loved this uh this uh this story. So did you have any have any standout moments like as like coming with it with new eyes? And, and Lou, I guess I have the same question for you because you're sort of having the same experience. I know that you don't remember a lot of this stuff from your first watch, which was years ago. And, this yeah. is, you know, it's hard to remember things from one episode that you watched years ago for a series that you didn't, you know, continue with at the time. So uh, I guess I have that question for both of you. Like, which, what are the kind of the standout moments from this backstory? I really liked um, Kuani. Kuina. Is, is Kuina. Kuina. As a character. Yeah, that's how much I liked her. I forgot her name or <laughs> I mispronounced her name. But, uh, Queena, I really, really enjoyed her as a character. I thought the kind of... I wasn't sure how we were supposed to feel about the sensei of um, the gym. Yeah. Because first, it seems like he's kind of endearing that he's going to, you know, let uh, Zoro join his uh, join his dojo. He kind of admires his spunk. Without, and, but then you see, like, this kind of turn where he is like, well... Because you're a girl, you know, you could never inherit this gym. So, like, I was like, well, no, you can't be in a a tool right now. And I I liked you before. So what's your deal? Are you, like, pushing her? Whatever. And then all of a sudden she's dead off screen. And I'm like, is she fake her death? Or was it? I'm like, well, first of all, we ain't seen the last of her. I was like, she coming back. That's, That's what, at least that's my personal the takeaway from uh from this piece but uh i i love this like you know as we we talked about before like you know for this being a thousand plus episode uh show he could put a one episode story from beginning you pretty much get the whole like you know story beginning to end about this character and it has like a a ribbon on top of it like you know and it's entirely its own thing and i really really thought yeah, it was that, strong. that's a, that's is definitely one of the things i really appreciate about oda as a writer and it it also just shows how much he loves writing and how how just how many stories are alive in his head that he can be writing this endless story with all these stories in it and then you know even in the current arc wano one of my favorite just like one-off episodes one of my favorite episodes of the or, you know i haven't watched the actual episode yet uh but i read the chapter when it came out my favorite one of my favorite chapters of the arc so far is just like a one-off story like that fits within the overall narrative the same way this does but it's just like beginning to end just like just a perfect like yeah like you said like with a bow on it like just this perfect little story yeah i agree with justin too with uh you know like the sensei and her father being like you know uh a woman can never be like a master swordsman and being like kind of thrown off by that and then you know later on he does mention he's like you know you were the i have to thank you you were the one that pushed her to break the walls of you know being essentially being like a female swordsman which 
not that she wasn't able to do it. And I think that the sensei and her father uh, knew that. But it was just more of like this barrier where I'm sure in life it's going to occur or it's this thing that she has to get, like, just pushed through. Um, which I thought was really interesting. But the thing that, like, really got me was her dying in, like, off screen on just, like, a basic accident. I, I think that spoke way more volumes than if we saw, like, some epic thing, like, pirates raided the town and she tried to, like, stand up for it or whatever like i think it hit on this other like level where she died from something so small after such a large promise and zoro never got to prove that he could beat her or like be stronger than her and when it like cuts to like his training sessions you can tell he's just like angry and sad because one he like lost a new friend two you know, there's like this whole part of him that I'm sure he doesn't fully understand, like why he's so upset about it. And uh, I don't know, like during that whole training session, like there's that part where it's kind of like the ghost of her or like his vision of her watching him from behind and he turns around and like she's not there. I fucking cried like a baby, <laughs> like immediately. That hits so hard on a different level. I had the same feeling about her dying. I, I You know, part of me... The first time I saw it was in Justin's camp where I like I couldn't believe they off screened it. And then like you start to suspect like, well, the dad was kind of like the, you know, the sensei was kind of like doubting her, her dad. And, you know, did he like assassinate her? And it, it you know, it, it's funny because that was I always remember that was one of my original takes of like, is there something kind of fishy going on here? Yeah, it was, it was off screened. And then I was like and then she's like kind of a go like, I think it's strange to do the ghost with the off-screen death because both those things stack up to she's not really dead um uh, but you which know, leads it, me to a theory my, later on yeah all but. of my subsequent viewings i don't feel that way um and i i feel more like it's it's more powerful and, and maybe this is because of some life experiences i've had since my first watch through uh i actually had a friend pass away in kind of a similar uh you know banal circumstance that led to her death um and just like the the it captures the feeling of just a mundane task being the thing that ends someone's life is just this baffling you start looking for reasons you know you're like oh well what what could like you know maybe there was this involved or like you know no this is fishy and for like you know the kind of grief that you have around that situation is very different from i imagine the kind of grief where someone dies of an illness or you know through some other kind of more explosive accident like maybe a car accident or something like something where it's a mundane thing that leads to someone's death is or like a daily task that you know is generally seen as safe and inconsequential uh something like that she's really good at too which was my, my other thing i was like this is something that well, no, she died. She, she just like, fell down some stairs or something, right? Like it, she didn't, you yeah. know, while, while she was retrieving the sword. Um, but I was like, but I, what I was thinking, I was like, hold it, like you know, being able to carry the sword, and like being able to do all those like awesome moves or what, like you know, like the hand-eye coordination, like you know, her footwork had to have been unparalleled for her to 
like you know to yeah, like but, know, but she trips down the that's stairs what kind of, like, that's what kind of like got it. me i see for me that's what like kind of made it even worse better yeah no no it made yeah, it better yeah. it was like the idea like because the sensei even says it he's like you really don't know how things are going to end you know like he well you don't realize it, how fragile people are you know yeah 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 i, I mean like just because I know how to balance my checkbook doesn't mean I know exactly what to give as a tip, you know, immediately. Like, shit happens, you know? Uh, that's probably a terrible analogy. But <laughs> she could be, like, a master swordsman but uh, or an aspiring one. But, I mean, like, I think that's what adds to it. It just leaves this, like, level where you can't point the finger and be like, that's the guy who killed her. Or that's the thing that, like, I'm angry at now. It just, like, leaves this big open hole in Zoro's heart, where he's like trying to fill it now. Yeah, no, and uh, he has that. I mean, there was that conversation uh, that Zoro had when he confronted her, where she said that you know you're lucky to be a man, and I'm never gonna be the like you know the like you know I'm never gonna take over my father's gym because I'm a woman, and. You know, I've I've even this was pretty funny. She like I even start to grow in brass, and then he says, "Zoro's like, <laughs> yeah." But uh, and then Zoro's like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't, don't say that now because when I beat you later, you're gonna use that as an excuse, and I don't want there to be an excuse." Oh, he gets for when like, I how beat can you. you say that to me after after you've defeated yeah. me so many times? Like, you're beating you is my goal. So you're belittling exactly. my goal. So it's not even just that he doesn't want to hear an excuse. It's like you're belittling my ambition, which this is a series that, you know, all of the characters' ambitions are the, like the most that's like the most critical feature of any character in this series is their ambition. You know, the the villains, you know, have a certain way of going about their ambition. The heroes have a certain way about their go- going about their ambitions, but every character has a big ambition. And so for yeah, his ambition no, uh, to be kind of like kicked on like that, he he was, you know, it upsets him. Yeah. But he he did also say, he was like, if I do, you know, when I do beat you, he's like, don't be using that excuse. He he did he did mention that. He's like, what about skill? Don't just throw that out the window, you know? Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I do enjoy that. And he even like put it back on her and he's like, one of us is going to be the best. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, the uh, swordsman. So now it's like basically it's up to him to to do it. That's why I think the episode is called Zoro's Promise. Yeah. So two the, two other things I really want to highlight from this episode is uh, Kuina says that Zoro fights like a boar, and I'm going to highlight a lot of these like Zoro being compared to a beast because I, I that's like almost like a theme for his character, uh, and it comes back in some. Not some major ways, but just some ways that I really enjoy later in the series. And then we also get when Zoro receives Kuina's sword, we get it noted that it's the name of the sword is Wado Ichimoji. Uh, and that uh, is also I, relevant. Yeah. Wado Ichimoji. Um, and uh, then when we come out of that flashback, we're back on the ship and Luffy is saying, hey, we need a musician. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pirates just sing it all the time right yeah yeah, yeah that's great uh, like just when i thought you were gonna say something smart yeah, yeah they're yeah, like, just talking about food they're just talking about food in the show uh yeah no that made me laugh this is yeah we need like a musician like you know here's your captain yeah 
It's going to be like an ongoing thing too. I love how much he references or brings up the fact that they need a musician. Yeah, they he's always talking about how they either need a musician or like a big statue or something like Yeah. <laughs> big statue. Yeah, yeah. Is he's no very He's very concerned um about the the flag. Uh, he has a certain the, idea yeah, of like how the aesthetic of pirates need to be and he's like, "Yeah, we need to be singing songs. We need to have a big old statue. Like we need a cool we need cool shit. We don't like the essentials that you're worried about that's no we need the aesthetic we need like we want the vibe we don't need the actual essentials exactly we need the flag this is how we would do it if we were actually because we spend six hours (laughs) coming up with a cool pirate flag and uh once we get that we feel we can do everything else later yeah, none of us would know what the fuck scurvy is. Yeah, so yeah, so we see Johnny and Yozaku for the first time, uh, and yeah, it's a, yeah Yozaku has scurvy. Uh, we get the the first the first uh, note of a Hawkeye man, and yeah, the so actually one of the things I want to my one of my favorite puns in these uh, early episodes of this arc is they're sailing up to Baratier. And uh, Captain Fullbody, the Navy officer, passes them. And they're like, oh, you're pirates? And he's like, yeah. Luffy's like, yeah, we made this flag the day before yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Just like so Dude, also, fuck Fullbody. Because, like, at this point, they just addressed, yeah, we made a pirate flag the day before yesterday. He doesn't even really know who they are. And then the two that he can't identify, he's like, oh, they're pirate bounty hunters. And then he, like, turns to his crewmate, he's like, all right, blow them up. <laughs> didn't even do anything. Just blow them out. What, what a jerk. Oh, yeah. Especially for thinking about it when I was writing the, the script for this episode. I was like, how many episodes is full body in? Like, like the first two three, or I think. three? Yeah. Yeah. There's a there lot. Um, and that's about it. There's a lot that goes on in this particular arc where I feel characters come in and out and even back in at some points very fast like you know that's they're in for an episode or two then they are out then they were back in then they are out again this was the arc i fell out on and i knew i remembered why when i watched it again oh yeah sure yeah um it was when during the Iron Wall Pearl fight, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is like the third or fourth mini boss before the the big." One. And I remember because it was I, really late at I night. I think you have to not think of these characters as as mini bosses. It's like the whole crew are are these kind of like named characters. But I'm yeah, sure no, and you're you are one hundred percent right. But at the think at the time, I think it was very late. And I was trying to, which we were talking about, we've talked about since episode one, where you shouldn't try to watch this series like a, uh, try to cram as much of it in as you can. You should uh, try to enjoy it on its own terms while you're watching it. Don't worry about how many episodes there are, like, or how soon you are to finish. just you know your own pacing will uh, will dictate like you know how how uh how much you're gonna do that and i was actually wanted to talk to you guys about this as a as a subject and and i don't know if there's another piece of media that does it 
quite like this. Anime is a very unique uh, art in terms of having a lot of having characters separate defeating like going against their own adversary like at the same time like you know we see it a lot in things like you know dragon ball z or like you know, Show or whatever everybody's got their they equal get paired and, off yeah yeah they get paired off and they deal with it almost simultaneously what do you guys think is like the best um version or like what's the best iteration of that like what's one of the better ones that you've seen if we stuck it outside of one piece if you took out one piece threw it out like what do you think would be uh, another really good one no contest hunter hunter chimera ant arc not oh, even true. not even not even a yeah. contest they the way they do those pairings and like the portrayal they give to those characters prior to that are just so weighty and just like Oh, oh my God! Like, we'll 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 cover Hunter Hunter eventually, most likely. Um, but yeah, Hunter <laughs> Hunter. Uh, you know, you Hakusho does it in a lot of like a lot of it's like very tournament based. I mean, even like one of the main arcs is, uh, you know, a tournament. Yeah. Like they in Hunter in um sorry in, in you Hakusho, it feels very deliberate that they're going one one v one. It's almost like they step into a ring. It's like who's going to get this one? Like the crews all together. They literally step into a ring. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of in a lot of you know in a couple of the arcs, they literally do step into a ring. Um, Those are always my favorite arcs. But and this is one of the things I wanted to when you were talking about looking at Pearl as like a mini boss. Um, you know, it's easy to think of it that way coming from a Dragon Ball Z background because you're like. You know, you're like, okay, who's the Vegeta? Who's like the big bad? And then who's the yeah, Don Creek? We're looking at Don Creek. Everybody's talking about Don Creek. So he's then... he's Vegeta. And then you're like, which one is Nappa? Like, you know, which one? You know, you're like, you know, in a way, there's not really you can't really do like one to one comparison like that with with one piece. It's a very different uh, piece of media. Um, the only thing I, I think it was because we had Jin. And I don't know if this was at the point where Jin was reveal that that he was the uh, he was the commander. commander I don't. Uh, and I'm thinking about my my first watch through, and I think it was because I just got past the the Hawkeye Mihawk stuff, and Haw Hawkeye Mihawk was gone. Yeah. And then Ironwall Pearl comes, and I was like, then we got Ironwall Pearl, and then we got, and at the time I was like, and then we're gonna go, uh, like with the Captain Don Krieg. I was like, oh man, we got like. Three or four more fights. I needed to take a break, and then I turned it off, and it just never turned back on. It wasn't that I didn't like it; it was just like it was very late, and I was like, I need to take a break from from this right now. Um, you know what show? What anime really does it for me? Where they do the one on one fights? Where like I think they should have just deviated from it. Mm. it was Pokemon? If you just had like a whole arena, you throw all of them out at once and just see who's the last man standing. Probably would have made it a lot better. Yeah, oh yeah. Was, man. Yeah, you get a Weedle versus like a Blastoids. That's a that's a pairing I want to see. Well, no, know, that's like, an anime Pokemon. They do double battles. Oh yeah. <gasps> Is yeah. It really? It, it. I actually never. When I play Pokemon competitively, I never play double battles. But that's like the official like tournament sanctioned, uh, like the Pokemon. It's like two v two with a team of four. So, um, that's a, that's a whole other thing. That's some Team Rocket shit. Okay. Team Rocket Blast off the speed of light. Okay. Oh, I mean, it's, it's just a deviate. That 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 is what my son's watching a lot of right now. 
And let me tell you guys, Team Rocket, best thing in the fucking world. This, I, they are I the funniest. Fucking strongly disagree. One of the things they that really like, even so fucking funny. Uh, here comes Bill. He's blasting off. Even yeah, I'm like, gonna hey. blast off on Team Rocket because these, even as a kid, like you know, as a kid, you don't realize the plot holes in a lot of things. You know, you're like, yeah, I want to just see Pikachu do Thundershock, and then I'm good to go. Yeah, but even as a kid, after like 20 episodes of Pokemon, you know, and I still, you know, I still like Pokemon a lot as a franchise. Uh, I would say that I love Pokemon as a franchise, even though I'm been pretty disappointed with the last set of games, um, and don't have pretty high hopes for the next set of games. But that said, like I said, even as a kid, I was like, they can't do the Team Rocket thing, stealing Pikachu every episode. This is like. This is just nonsense. It's like it's like literally it's like filler content in it's, every it's, episode. They and they mention it. They say, "Hey, we got to fill a half hour at some point." Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't understand why they needed to steal Pikachu. They had a fucking talking cat. They're strong. Like they took their money. But no, it's not even about that. It's about every time. It's about what, like, what crazy scheme they're getting into. Like. Going through these, like binging through these episodes with Jacob, it's like one where they're opening up a salon and they're gonna steal all the people's Pokemon from the salon. <laughs> they're all fashioned out. One where they're riding unicycles and they're coming in, and I'm like, God. I just love every. Do you know it, how much money it takes to start a startup? Exactly. Like a startup salon. They could have saved their money. The scheme, and then they're the biker gang comes in. They're like, <laughs> oh, you're you're Jesse and James, and they know them from when they were bikers. And it's like they said, James, you were the only biker in the biker gang that had training wheels. You were great. <laughs> uh, and they just love Jesse and James. Like there's all of a sudden there's this crew that really thinks they're awesome. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. This, this is great. <laughs> so I, I I understand what you're saying. It's Bill about having to steal Pikachu every single time. It's it is a kid's gimmick. Like, you know, it's, you know, look like we're blasting off again, like all that stuff. But I think just some of the, like, s things that are getting, like, making this very an enjoyable rewatch uh, for me is watching uh, a Team Rocket come in with a Kabuki outfit and they're doing some sort of opera thing to do their intro. Well, I want to interject here. Um, since we're on the topic of the Pokemon anime, and we're going to just run with this for one extra second before we get back to One Piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. Off the rip, what's the best episode of the Pokemon anime? Oh, man. Uh, for me, it was probably when Ash had to decide whether or not he wanted to evolve Pikachu. That one fucked me up. I was, like, really Pretty sad. Like, one. he was so distraught. There's some strong ones. Um... Or the, the pink Butterfree one is a good one, too, where he lets Butterfree go. Oh yeah, but Butterfree. Uh, I'll cry. I'll cry. Uh, I'll cry that episode. I'm not. You know, I'll, I'll cry. That one. We just watched the one where Pikachu. Goodbye, Pikachu. Where he's gonna let Pikachu go live with the other Pikachu's. Um. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh. I, oh, that one was so sad. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah. You just unlocked a bunch of trauma. <laughs> I loved. That was so sad. The one I keep thinking of is it's an early one where he's um fighting that uh one guy who's got the hundred wins and zero losses then he's got the saying true go saying true go <laughs> i thought he was the best character in the entire show 
you don't remember that one? And he's got all of his Pokemon, like he's got all his Pokemon in a tent, and they're all like lifting weights and stuff. Yeah, like, hell yeah. Super <laughs> These Pokemon are jet. This would be my Pokemon. Hell I've been yeah. They go to a rock climbing gym. Okay. They do. They do. Sanchez like weak to water, and he has him like jump in the pool over and over again, so he gets strong. And I was like, oh my gosh, best Pokemon episode. And neither of you mentioned it. Ash versus Blaine, Charizard versus Magmar in the volcano. Excuse me. That was like next level hype when I was a kid. Oh yeah, that was they were in a volcano. That was part of that. the second batch of episodes that like when it went to WB, that was like one of the that's when they started getting into that part of the series. Because yeah, I think before that I was uh it was like the rerun stopped sometime after he got a six badge. I forget which, um, but which exact episode. But um, yeah, I, I just remember watching those first, like that first bunch of episodes, like tons. And then the WB ones came. And then pretty much after that, it was all for like first watch throughs. Like, you know, I, I seen them all like once. Um, so that one doesn't stick uh, out to me as much as the other ones do. Blaine is the one who he's the older guy with the fucking the he's bald on top. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's the like guy from Heaven's Gate. Dude, out. this guy in the in the Pokemon manga, he catches Mewtwo and like I think he also no, is that is it him or Lieutenant Surge that he catches all of the cuz he's a scientist, he catches all of the legendary birds and fuses them into one legendary bird. That what? yeah, dude, the Pokemon manga is fucked. They're it's like, hardcore. They literally yeah, like but... kill Pokemon and kill people and like take people hostage and shit. Like Lieutenant Surge like kidnaps everyone on the SS Anne and like holds them for ransom or something. It's like crazy. Sounds about right. I feel like that would be more like real life. Speaking of know? boats, on the Baratier, yeah, everyone's yes, everyone's kicking full body's ass, which is great. He puts the uh, fly yeah. in the yeah. soup. And Sanji's like, I don't know. <laughs> like he's like, a, the thing is, he's like, he calls Sanji. Was like, why is there a bug in my soup? After he puts the bug in the soup, and he's like, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with insects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like before that too, where like he scheduled the reservation and the wine, so he could like look like a big shot when he like names off the wine. And Sanji just essentially just tells him like, you don't know shit about anything. Eat your he soup. gives him the wrong like, wine. He's like, no, no, it's not the one. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I told you, I'm not a waiter. Yeah, it's it's like I'm not the waiter. That's uh, but that's the that's not the one you got. We also so. when when we're first seeing the restaurant, we also get Panda Man in the background, episode twenty one. Oh, it's Market Guys. Panda Man put that in the script. Panda what was he doing? Because I definitely didn't. He was just see in that. the background. It was on like the right hand side of the frame. Um, just chill, Bill. I'm gonna have to have you go scrub to the to the time because I don't believe you. Yeah, just like your double jump. Oh yeah, just like a double jump, man. Fucking lion. You want me to pull up episode? You want me to pull this no, up? No, I was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. I'm marking it right Jules, now. We believe you. I like how um, how do you pronounce it? Baratier. Baratier, yeah. Baratier. I like how they essentially became famous for the fact that the cooks will just beat the shit out of pirates that come through that are disrespectful. Fighting cooks. And I laughed so hard at Patty. He beats the shit um, out again in like two seconds. He does. He beats the shit out again. But the part that made me laugh was when he was like, all right, you dumb customers. <laughs> 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 just, this 
disrespecting the shit out of him. Yeah, he does that like weird smile that he does. Patty, Patty oh, MVP. Yeah, I, have it, I have it written down right here. He's like, now dumb customers, finish your food. And then he finishes beating Gin's ass. Oh, man. That was so funny. Because I feel like that's like, to some degree, that's got to be like a nod to service workers, like food service workers, where you just like want to tell them all to just F off, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, and, and the fact that they're fighting cooks is like a, yeah. is like a really... Uh, cool idea especially because they're on the sea and all that stuff and you know the more we find out about uh zeph uh zeph and uh you know the his whole pretty much he pretty much has a pirate crew there like you know for lack of a better term uh it, it was i enjoyed i enjoyed this whole uh group of characters and it's like you always say bill it's a like you know it's in full it's a fully inhabited world that's on this boat of these like you know everybody has their uh backstory with everybody else like you know and everybody has a relationship with everybody else um yeah. on that boat and it's like you know it fully incubated you know before and after sanji leaves yeah well even down to when they pull out the fins at one point um i was thinking about it, i was like that makes so much sense that they would have like an extended like dining area basically so they could do outdoor dining once the yeah, once the, the store gets once full. COVID yeah, exactly they're way ahead <laughs> of it oh you know they're if somebody gets a uh, seasick or is like some sort of sea disease i gotta quarantine those guys i gotta put them out there and that scurvy when they shove lem or limes oh into his face. i wanted to talk about that too that was so funny this, this dude the joke well the, the fact that he gets up right art. away and they're like he's like you can't heal that quick and he's like dancing with them, and then like <laughs> he's back on his ass, like with the blue face, like two seconds later. Well, they show it too when they're squirting the limes into his mouth, and then they do like a wide shot. It's like into his eyes <laughs> while he's passed out. <laughs> Dude, the jokes were landing so hard. Like even down to when uh, Gin like asked him, he's like, "You got a small crew?" He's like, "Yeah, there's five of us." And Sanji's like, "You're counting me, aren't you?" Because <laughs> you better not be counting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or when Luffy throws the booger in uh, Sanji's in Zoro's or in, drink. Uh, Zoro's drink, and Zoro just oh yeah, that was that was funny. That, that was oh my gosh, that got me too. So uh, that happens. They fire the boat. Like you know, he goes into uh, the Barat uh, the Baratie ship, breaks in through the the roof, and he's he thinks that he's responsible for um... Zeph's peg leg. Thanks, Pegley. He goes, Oh my god, you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, also the 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 gag of Luffy being a service worker and he's like he's like trying to do the dishes. I could watch literally a whole arc of Luffy just trying to do chores. Like he's I could like, watch all yeah. show. Yeah, of, he's of like just he's stealing the food and he's like wrecking all the <laughs> dishes. He's like just sitting there like like ruining Not everything. Not doing anything and they're all like working. They're like, to go yeah. wash those dishes. Like he's he's clearly not eventually he's just, benefiting like the the organization eventually he's just like so bad at the chores they're just like get out of the kitchen just yeah. get out <laughs> write the names down write the orders you can do that right yeah they basically promoted yeah, that, him see that's falling up guys yeah. like everybody should that's watch that as up. a career move as a, he falls up <laughs> you do a really bad job at your job you don't want to have to do it anymore. You just get moved to a different one, you know? Exactly. So you find the thing you like. Guess what? Being a waiter is better than being a busboy. 
like you know in the, sure. in the tier of tier of a uh, service industry uh one of the things i was thinking uh watching this for yeah probably like my seventh time um is up until the point where mihawk comes this arc seems kind of predictable like you feel like you know where it's going for a while yeah you're like okay so we you know we established that sanji's gonna feed anybody who comes through we get gin comes through he feeds gin and we know that the big bad is coming through and he's gonna probably feed the big bad and then they're gonna have to fight the big bad like you know it, it it's fine and you're like yeah this is you know i like what's going on here but you think you know everything that's gonna go on and then out of nowhere you just get like a force of nature mihawk is just slicing galleons in, yeah. in half and shit and it's just like it's suddenly the whole arc feels like it has a different pace to it um which it's, is it's it, when you say he comes in like uh like a hurricane or, or like, you know, like this humongous force, this force of nature. Like I agree. Cause he comes in and out yeah. the same way. Like he is like yeah. in there. He is like, he just, he inter he is completely interrupts everything that is going on. Like not in a bad way, but like, you yeah, know, for all that, of a sudden for, for Don Krieg. Yeah. For yeah. Don Krieg. It, what, it, he what's cool too is everything. It's like the story, the storytelling aspect of this too is like, you know, we started this on episode 19 where you get introduced to Zoro's backstory mm-hmm. and then immediately get introduced to like Sanji and like his life. And like, you're getting like little glimpses and tastes of like certain things and like who he is and all this stuff. And like, like Bill was saying to you get introduced to this big bad. And then next thing you know, like Mihawk shows up and you're like, Oh fuck. I totally forgot. Like this was like what we got introduced to is like, this guy's just like bad news, like serious swordsman. And, you know, you're introduced to the idea of, like, uh, Zoro mentioning, like, I'm looking for a man. And now we see him. Also, you know, this is this is episode 22, I think, that Mihawk shows up. And when you think about the runtime of a normal anime, if like if a character's like, oh, there's this guy I want to fight. And then in episode 22, he shows up, you know, keeping keeping out of like the fact that you know that there's so many hundreds of episodes after this you know watching this you know i imagine if you were watching this for the first time with no context of how long the series is you're like oh zoro's gonna just beat hawkeye mihawk here like this is the ep- you know we're 22 episodes in so story story's probably gonna wrap up in the next 10 episodes and you know but it's like this is such a grand story that it's like no this is like the introduction to like who Zoro needs to beat in order to like this is yeah. what does it mean to be the greatest swordsman? Because you hear him say that in the you know in his introduction in like episode two or three, but this is when we get like what does that mean? And What's the scale, yeah. What like, and, and yeah. he even says it. This is how far I am. I can't be this yeah, far away. Yeah, yeah. That's... And it's like him up against just like a tiny dagger. He's like, how can we be this far away? And it just like gives you the perspective of the opposite of what Bill's talking about, where it's like. Oh, he's going to beat him. Like, this just put into your mindset, like, oh, he's got a long fucking way to go if he's going to try to go up against this guy. You know? And yeah. uh, Zoro had some of the best quotes, like, this whole thing. Zoro like, and this... Mihawk both in that fight. So, actually, let, let's, let's actually, like, I don't like to do, like, the full recap, but, like, I want to kind of spend a little time with this. Because the first thing I want to know is Mihawk's ship is so 
fucking sick. Like the fact that we get all this portrayal for the Grand Line, and it's like, oh, you know, I went there with 50, 50 galleons, and I only came back with one. My whole my whole yeah. crew got torn apart, and I'm in this big ship with all the like I'm running with five thousand dudes. Like, and then we just literally get like Mihawk is just out here with his like two little candles that he got at Yankee Candle, and like just like a like a it's like it's literally like. His mom gets them for him every year. Dude, like He's, literally, yeah. like I the, love that the flame like glows green though, the, uh, yeah. which is like I feel like has something to do with Zoro's, you know, moss head. But that that's a weird but potential relationship. Um, but like the like the fact that like he comes in on like a ship that's like no bigger than a yoga mat. You know, it's like this is yeah. like a tiny ship. He's like literally just sitting on it, just cruising through the most dangerous ocean, just fucking up anyone's day who he feels like. With, the, like, with this giant sword, tiny boat, giant sword. The portrayal yeah, is legendary, dude. Priorities, man. Priorities. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love the quote that he gives to him too, because like, Zoro's having that moment where he's like, "Are we really that far away, like, from each other?" And uh, he says, "Frog in the well, know how big the world is." And I'm like, "Ooh," which is a great quote for Mihawk to Zoro, but is also when you think about it and larger is like this is oda to the viewer like this is me showing you the scale of like what is the power scaling like in this series like what you're seeing now none of these dudes can fuck with anyone who's like anything on the grand line like that's that's kind of him like here's a big wig from the grand line coming through and you know zoro the you know the famed pirate hunter on this ocean on the on the east blue gets taken out yeah. with like his like you know boy scout knife yeah it's comically small it's, we can all agree it's comically <laughs> small <but no. laughs> stop three blades at the same time uh, but the same thing happening to don krieg too where like he's the big bad of the east blue, yeah. you know the big blue yeah of the east blue yeah and he's nothing he's nothing in comparison to the things that you know you'll be introduced to to the like in the grand line I also love like Zoro's honor in like where he knows he's defeated, but then he also throws out another fucking awesome quote where he's like, "Scars on the back are swordsman's shame." Oh, we're jumping and ahead in quotes here, on. yeah. So there's there's a there's are a lot of there's right a lot of quotes it. we got to cover here. First of all, Hawkeye Mihawk right. when he pulls out the little the little blade, he says, "I'm no beast that goes all out when hunting rabbits." Ooh, because also this also pairs well with Zoro being portrayed as a beast, right? This is also like a beast yeah. pun on Zoro, because that's who he's talking yeah. about. Frog in the well, know how big the world is, is a, is a huge one. Amazing quote. But then when he stabs Zoro in the heart and he's like, you know, if you you have to step back because otherwise your heart is going to get pierced. And Zoro says, I feel like if I step, I feel like if I withdraw a single step, then all the promises I made will be for nothing, and everything I've done to get to this point will be for nothing. Which is also, hey, he also says he will never be back at this point. Yeah, right? he'll never come. He'll never be back to where he is right now. Yeah, which yeah. is he steps back. Man, also when beautiful. when he gets into the clash with Mihawk, like the main like the main sword swipe exchange. Notice how all of the swords, except for Wado Ichimoji, break. Mm -hmm. His other two swords, but not yeah. Wado. Can I can I throw something out uh, really quick? Yeah, and 
I you don't have to talk like you know this is my theory as a first time as a first time viewer right yeah tell us <laughs> I was like when I'm seeing this first I see uh like they show Hawkeye Mihawk and they show him they show his silhouette right and mm -hmm. first thing I notice obviously cape so who do I think I think it's Bruce Wayne fucking I think it's Shanks but it's <laughs> I was like I it was Batman it's like, it could have been fucking Batman it could have been Shanks it could have been one of those two so I was like I was like maybe this is fucking Shanks maybe Shanks come back and oh, yeah. you know some I was disappointed it wasn't Shanks but Hawkeye Mihawk is very cool second thing I think right I think yeah imagine Shanks fighting Hawkeye Mihawk that'd be crazy oh that'd be so imagine fucking Batman. cool that's uh, the Gatling gun uh, Kuan uh, and then I thought I was like maybe this is actually Kuwani. Kuina. I was like, but like you know, and she did a gender swap, like some <laughs> sort of gender swap thing. Oh, that's and an because she, point. Yeah, yeah, like cause she thought that Ooh, she would never be like you know the uh, as a man, oh, she would never be the world's was... greatest swordsman. So she, or or as a woman, so she uh, um, switched yeah. to being a man. So I Dude, thought that was another possibility. If if that's the case, they like then uh, Hawkeye Mihawk is a very good actor because he does not seem to know uh, Zoro at all. Uh, uh, so yeah, that that I have a, have a very large feeling that that's not the case. But what it could be the now. push that Zoro needs to be better. Yeah, he was always ahead of him. Yeah, no, I, that's, I, you know that's what I, I was thinking. I, I'd like. No, I haven't seen as much as Bill has, but that would be a fucking amazing twist to happen somewhere down the road. Great Bill's, concept. And Bill's silent. Jed silence. Um, he's looking at double jumped horses yeah. right now. He's, just, uh, he's confirming him. Double jump horse. Just right. Yeah, he's just watching the Elden Rings trailer <laughs> right now. I like, that, I like that concept. That's really good. Yeah, no, I was thinking, I was like, is that? And I was thinking, that's the only other time we've really seen Zoro get punked out bopped, yeah fully bopped yeah yeah so i, I thought that that's oh. pretty interesting yeah zora getting bopped oh what's he say to luffy says Is that, like did i worry you you man, need the strongest was, uh, swordsman right i'll never be defeated again until i beat him is that all right with you pirate king which is the first time that we have a member of the crew acknowledge Luffy as, as the, the future king. pirate king, and this is a theme with this is an ongoing theme with the with the crew members, is that there's the moment when they join the crew, but then you get this other moment where they like join further in a way where they where they acknowledge like no. where they join Luffy yeah where, like where they're, they're like they are... no yeah they're like no Luffy will be the pirate king, and I acknowledge it and I'm not gonna let anyone say anything other than that you know like this is this is the man who will be the pirate king. And, and it's those also, are always and, my favorite moments in the series. And I've seen this moment not only so many times from watching it when I'm watching the series, but I, I'll go back and just watch this on YouTube all the time. And I've seen this. I've probably seen this moment definitely more than 20 times, probably more than 30 times. And still, every time I watch it, I can't help but tear up. It just always gets me like that. Zoro is like he's acknowledging like. That this is that his loss doesn't just affect him; it also affects Luffy, and that that's a priority to him, and that Luffy's dream is also important to him. Is such a a character moment. It shows a great 
respect and um, the idea of my ambition meeting your ambition is critical. Like, you know, to, you know, you need the greatest swordsman pirate gun. Like, you know, yeah. and he believes in that. So him believing in Luffy, he's asking Luffy, like, you know, he's saying like, you're going to be the pirate king because I'm going to be your greatest swordsman. And I'm going to be the greatest swordsman because you're going to be the pirate king. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, we're, we're linked that way. Like, you know, that, which is, Sorry. No, 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 no. Like, um, but like, which is like really, really cool to see considering like at this point, they don't really know each other that well, but you know, Luffy stuck his neck out to save him and all this stuff. But like, they haven't really gone through that much. And for Zoro to be like disappointed in himself on multiple levels, you know, like for himself, not being the best swordsman for, um, quinoa (laughs) being, sorry. Queena, um, you know, not doing it for her, and like, you know, um, letting down Luffy. I don't know. There's something to that where it's just like you're talking about a guy who's been wandering at this point, and just like he doesn't even consider himself a pirate bounty hunter. It's just like a name somebody gave him. Like he doesn't really know where he stands, other than he wants to be the best swordsman. And then joins Luffy, and you know, like at this point, I just feel like there's something to it that just solidifies their friendship and a different level of like how much Zoro cares and is actually happy with that. Because like he hasn't said anything prior to this, like about being a part of this tiny pirate ship and pirate crew. You know, I don't know. I, I think there's something to that with his emotions just... generally. So when we see these kind yeah. of moments from him where he steps up or like you know, speaks out in a way like it adds to the weight of it. And I also want to highlight Luffy in this fight, because when. When Luffy sees Zoro versus Mihawk. Johnny and Yozaku want to jump in right away because they think Zoro is in trouble and Luffy restrains them. He's like, no, let's see how it plays out because he knows it's important to Zoro. And so he doesn't want it. He doesn't want them to interfere. And then once Zoro gets cut, Luffy goes right in, no hesitation. He goes like right for him. He, you know, he ends up getting stuck with his head in the in the side of the ship. Yeah, but the, waving his ass. Yeah, in the air. yeah, as throwing his ass right <laughs> in his face. Um, but there's like you know that that also shows you know Luffy's allegiance to Zoro. You know, here's here's his, his uh, love. Yeah, his he, care he, for Zoro. He, he, he's right or die. That's, that's his boy. I give mad respects to. Uh, Hawkeye. Um, Because, like, I feel like Oda could have written this character to be, like, this fucking, I'm the best, and he's just smug. And he comes off as that, like, in the beginning, but then you realize, like, he's cut down so many people, so, like, just, he cut down a fucking giant ship just coming into there. And, you know, his mindset is like, uh, here's like, like Zoro, like uh, looking at Zoro, he's like, here's another guy who just, you know, thinks he's a swordsman. And you see during the fight, he's like, I've got a level of respect for you where he like, you know, if you are thinking you're going to be defeated and he pulls out like the, the giant black sword and he's like, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do you right by it. And I don't know, there's something too to that where I'm just like, that's, fucking awesome like this mutual respect between swordsmen yeah Yeah. but also the fact that that hawkeye basically wants a rival 
Uh, he's like, I want yeah. you to rival me, which I wonder if we'll find out if he's had a rival before. See, I feel like that's where there's some symbolism with the uh, candles having the green flame to them. Where it's like keeping the flame alive, you know? Like, I, I think of like One Punch Man, where, you know, he's the strongest guy. He can do it in one punch and like he's bored. Yeah. At some point, like, he realizes, like, I'm the strongest and whatever. Like, I don't have a rival. He's looking for that. I don't know. I feel like there's some symbolism there where it's like keeping the flame alive. Um, yeah, Meathawk in general, without saying anything spoilery, is still to this day an interesting kind of enigma of a character that we know some of the things he's willing to do and some of the things he's willing to not do. And we know, you know, some of his past. And we know, I mean, we know a fair bit about him, but he also remains pretty mysterious. And so, uh, elusive. Yeah. yeah so when we get things about Mihawk, it's always like, oh, wow. Like, you know, we get a Mihawk, like a detail on Mihawk, like trying to piece together, the, piece together the puzzle of who this person is and what their goals are in, you know, in their own. Like, we don't really know what his ambition is because he's already the, the strongest swordsman you know so yeah it's i mean he's literally floating around in a raft and he even said too like i did it because i'm killing time yeah, like looking for the smoke yeah i think i yeah that's why i think like you know keeping the flame alive i'm gonna hammer that in because i feel like at some point in time it's gonna come back i can't wait to be like see i told you oh, oh. man now he's gonna watch he's gonna swallow that candle and he's gonna turn into money. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've, I've uh, swallowed the souls of every swordsman. That's oh. What? <laughs> every swordsman. Well, I think this is a great time to transition into Sanji. Exactly. Because at this point, after, you know, Zoro has his fight, mm-hmm. and we finally get to dive into Sanji's character a little bit more, and his relationship with um, Zeph and the restaurant and the crew that's there, too. And also the power to Sanji, too. Like, you know he's, like, confident and stuff, but you don't know that he could really, like, handle his own. And, like, they slowly get into that with, like, his legs, man. Actually, the way they power scale Sanji, which I I made a note of here, is when you see uh, Patty and Carne ride out in the mackerel head with little cannons on it, and they ride towards Krieg, and Krieg just picks them up and throws them, and the whole time they're like, Krieg is the strongest man. Uh, you know, he can do all this crazy shit. And he, you see him lift up this whole, like, submarine with one hand. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, and you're getting, like, you know, big power scaling moment for Don Krieg. And then he throws it, and Sanji just kicks it out of the air. And so they're like, instantly, you're like, oh, power scaling wise, like, Sanji, same strength, maybe not same battle experience or battle ability, but like, same comparative strength level on some level in terms of like his ability to yeah. throw something and Sanji's ability yeah. to kick it, which also since Sanji is like a protege of Zeph, uh, that also makes sense that he's, you know, good at kicking, but we also get the, yeah. the note that the reason that he does kicks is because he doesn't want to hurt his hands in battle. Cause he's a cook. Yeah. Which is like such a beautiful little detail. And it's also cool too, that like, He's the sous chef, and they're like, oh, because he's been here the longest, but yet he's younger than most of them, and you don't really know how long him and Zeph have known each other. He's been there the longest. Yeah, and it just adds to the fact that, like, they're talking about Zeph, and he's like, oh, that's Red Boot Zeph. Like, 
he could like the rumor was he could even like stomp his foot through steel and then you like see sanji fucking stop a whole submarine with his foot and you're like yeah and you're like oh this boy knows he's got the zeph foot real quick does is sanji so there's a couple things i want to ask uh is sanji wearing platforms a no (laughs) no he's wearing some sort of heel because, like, when he's walking he out, I definitely see that he's wearing some sort of heel, like a large, like, bottom piece. So I, I, I was just wondering if there was, like, you know, platforms involved, which I could respect. Yeah, he's a fan of the Beatles. So Who's not a fan of the Beatles, Lou? No, it's, it's, oh, it's, <laughs> who's a fan of the Beatles? Like, everyone in the world. <laughs> but, uh, Besides you listen to the Beatles. But uh, I also uh, noticed that... that when we're going into the backstory and when we see Sanji like presently and as a child, when he's like in those rags and as an adult, you see him dressed like incredibly well and everything like that. It's you see it all like to me, I see it all as a like, He's never going to go back there. He's never going to go back to he, he he's never going to go back to where that point was in his life. Cuz like, you know, that was like he was starving and like, you know, and that's like goes to him and Zeph's values that we're never going to let any like, you know, pirate starve like, you know, or any anybody starve. Anybody who wants a meal yeah. will get a meal on this ship. And only he it and is like Sanji a know. like rags to riches. Yeah. yeah. But not necessarily like the richest part. It's just you know he taught himself fine breathing, fine dining and breathing. Now, um, so that's w- a, yeah, that, that's that's a cool that's a cool thing to note there. So Justin, I don't think he does go from like rags I don't to that. think you've seen this backstory before. I think you probably cut out before this. So what are your initial thoughts on this backstory? I really enjoyed uh, this uh, backstory. There were certain points where I was like, well, this is a little bit. Um, shanks luffy style like you know one person admiring the other person actually you know what it's it's kind of a a flip on it because there's this little kid who kind of hates this uh this guy this uh big pirate dude Mm -hmm. and uh you know but the pirate dude kind of likes him same thing in sense actually very similar in the sense that uh zeph loses his leg and uh Shanks loses his arm, saving uh, Luffy. Uh, I do want to interject here shortly, because this is, and I mentioned this to Lou a little bit when we were watching it, this is one of the most egregious differences and changes between the anime and the manga. Because in the anime, the way that we see Zeph lose his leg um, is that he gets it stuck between two ships underwater, and he has to slice it off in order to get to Sanji, which... Is fine, but it doesn't make the most sense in terms of Zeph's portrayal. I mean, it works a little bit. And it doesn't also, like, it also, I don't know. So the real, what really happens in the manga is that Zeph loses his leg while they're on the rock. He eats his own leg. That's what I thought was going to be the reason that he lost his, lost his leg, that he ate it. Yeah, that's actually what, how it worked. That's how things happen in the manga, which I didn't know for years. Ten times stronger. Yeah, I didn't know for years after I watched this series, um, but I think that it just is. It hits so much harder because when we see Sanji is the one who got all the food, um, you know, it, the fact that like, oh, like I really like when he's talking about like, oh, I took so much from him, like the 
you know, that is really where it hits to me. But sorry, go on. Mm -hmm. I kind of interrupted you there. No, uh, like, you know, there was this, uh, there was this, uh, like, idea that, yeah, so he lost his, like, I guess to get to Sanji. But then I was thinking also, I was like, I mean, he kind of lost his leg because he would have died underwater. That could have been another reason that he could have left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, to say, but he does, like, you know, he, he would have, he was going to die for that kid because he, for some reason, it's just that thing and he just, he just likes that he he just likes that kid, and I think one of the most like striking images is, of Sanji is like a skeleton boy, basically. Like yeah. he's just like yeah. that is that is, and in those rags, like specifically, and it's the contrast between that and who Sanji is, like ha as as we know him, where you're like, this was a bad bad time. Like they, you know, this was. Yeah. Hmm? They do a really good job of illustrating Sanji and Zeph. Like when they're in like the famished, like skinny star yeah, state, oh my as gosh. being yeah. really horrific looking, like just being like hard to look at. It's almost like Oda did the sketches super fast, so it had that effect. Like it's almost like it's almost like it to me it would look almost like a sketch of like a first draft. Almost like he did it so fast, so like it looks yeah. like his skin is like that, like shaky and like you know malnourished it comes it gives you that effect that, yeah uh, and like young sanji's like face when he's like oh, yeah, he, when they first show it's been like god knows how long and like his eyes are just sunken back and the cheekbones are coming through and it's just like yeah it's pretty pretty it fucking looks, horrific it looks man. almost like, like a junji Ito yeah it's got that vibe yeah, especially when they show his hand too they show sanji's hand at one point and it's like it's literally just like the tendons that connect the knuckles to the fingers. Yeah. And uh, he's climbing up the rock face and it's just like, oh my God. And then, like the thing that I thought was super cool too was like him having that moment. Uh, Bill actually brought this up while we were watching it was uh, a callback to uh, when Patty almost gets his knife stolen and Sanji's got his cooking knife on him. Uh, and he makes that comment like a chef's knife is like something you shouldn't just like yeah, you grab shouldn't be, or yeah you shouldn't be doing time. that I think because he uh yeah. didn't he like uh Patty like threaten somebody with it or like swing it at somebody one of the pirates tries to steal it from Patty because he has his, uh, this nice knife yeah and well Sanji this is before the backstory Sanji is like yeah you, like you can't take a chef's knife this is like one of their most important items basically and yeah. so it makes sense when you have that backstory before you get Sanji's like, you know, backstory that he would have his knife with him on the rock. This is actually, yeah. so this is such like an Aesop's fable kind of story too. And when I, when I try to tell people like the kind of storytelling that you get in one piece, this is one of the things I actually bring up a lot is this backstory with Sanji and, and Zeph, because it's really easy to summarize it. But it's also, even if you summarize it quickly, it still has a poetic mm -hmm. notion to yeah, it. Yeah, there's a... And there, yeah, there's like there's a morality a, thing yeah. to it. The, you know, part of it too is like, uh, you know, Sanji thinking that Zeph has this giant bag of food and, you know, he comes sneaking up with the chef's knife to come take it from him after X amount of, you know, weeks being stuck on this rock. And uh, when he cuts it open... And it's just treasure. There's something so poetic about the fact that, like, during this 
mess of like a collision of ships sinking and him saving Sanji. He went out of his way to save a treasure that he deemed valuable. And then now stuck in the situation, you realize how fucking useless it is. And it's just like, what are you going to do? I would have worn that crown, I can tell you that. I would have worn that crown until I died. (laughs) It fits now. I lost that head weight after I lost all that. Not much else to do. The other thing, when he cuts open the bag, and I I remember feeling this really hard when, when... when I first watched this is when you look at that bag as food, you feel a certain way about it. You're like, Oh, that's where the nourishment, that's where relief is. And then when he cuts it open and you see, it's just treasure, even, even that notion in a pirate story, it's just treasure is interesting of, in and of itself. But when you see that, it, like mm. there is no relief inside the bag, like something in you just sinks. And like you as the viewer feel that, but you can empathize so much with the character in that moment. Yeah, yeah. You, That's why I think the manga version where like he ate his foot or like his leg yeah. that would have hit so much harder, so much harder in the anime, because the reveal came after that when like that's when Sanji finally sees like, oh, you lost your leg trying to save me. But it could have been like a completely different way. If it was like, oh, you lost your leg trying to save me because you gave me all the food. You've been sitting here with nothing for weeks. But what if he said? Well, all that food you've been eating, that was my leg. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was a foot of one switch piece between the two? Cut. <laughs> yeah, you're a cannibal now, Sanji. <laughs> I'll never eat another human foot again. <laughs> yeah, as long as I that's live. his ambition. Uh, but no, it was it was absolutely like you know that you're you're correct. The, watching it for the first time. That just uh, image of Sanji as like this raga, like ragamuffin kid, like you know, just so like all of his, like I, I felt that desperation you were you were saying or that loss, and I knew that bag of food wasn't like I knew for like I was like that's just no that that bag of food is that is not a bag of food. It's something. It's not a bag of food. I was expecting to cut it open and you see all that good looking anime food that makes you hungry. When oh you're man, anime. all that pork that's like that looks like cartoon pork and it's never gonna spoil. That cartoon rice, man, the big old rice bowl. Oh like, man, oh it's you, you know it's seasoned so good. That uh that that bowl of rice that Sanji makes. Oh for my him, god. Oh my that god. I lost it. my shit because I genuinely that's one of my favorite meals. And I could pinpoint it too. It was uh shrimp, it was calamari, and it was um octopus tail yeah no that uh, looked good. through and fried rice which is so good so like this guy to be starving and then eat that oh that's like my dream oh and first I he mean, was denying the it too part, i just want to eat that he was denying it too and i was like i'll eat it i'll, yeah. I'll eat whatever look he said he was gonna look that's three seconds from now he's gonna throw that away like you know i feel like he's just gonna throw yeah. it and ruin it for me i'm gonna Dude, I'm gonna eat it before he does that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. I've ordered that meal. That's an $18 meal. That shit is not cheap. So don't be fucking swallowing your pride. Swallow some octopus. Well, let me tell you something. That's a five-star dining ship. It was definitely more than $18. If you yeah. got that at for $18, that would be a steal. Well, was that the bodega? Oh, okay. You got a <laughs> bodega. Okay, that's that's completely different. You should have said that. Yeah, he was like, he said it was freshly caught from the can. It was clean, no. <laughs> Gave you the giant key to the bathroom. Yeah, we're landlocked actually too. It was Ohio. He was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I caught it myself this morning. 
So we got to talk about Sanji versus Gein. Because oh, yeah. I love this Sanji fight. This is not like... Sanji has so many good fights in the series, but this still remains like one that I real like one of my favorites. Just like the the choreography of it. Can we talk a little bit uh, about uh, Gein first as a, a as a character? Sure. Because you yeah. see, he's like seems like the, first the way he's he's drawn and he doesn't seem like he's the right hand man of. Yeah, uh, Creek. He and you see him in this like desperate, weakened state too, and he is legitimately in that state. Um, yeah, <clears throat> which they call him like an underling too. They like yeah, no, they think he's call a, him like a weak person. And when he comes back, and you see kind of that flip where he's actually like the commander. Um, that was very interesting. That kind of fits yeah. with One Piece too, because you can say the same thing about Luffy, where Luffy oh, doesn't yeah. look, you know, interesting and or or he doesn't Strong. look like he's at the, at the top of any kind of hierarchy when you look at him. Exactly. And he, in the way you see him it, again, it's uh, I mean, like you said, bringing you back to Luffy. Luffy, you get introduced through he's in a barrel, like you know, and he's this goofy character. Like you know, you completely you completely undercut. Any sort of intimidation factor, any sort of like you know, um, yeah. taking him as any sort of threat, and then when Jin is back, I find him one of the more interesting characters in this arc because he has like three different like layers that are all conflicting with each other, as far mm-hmm. as like Sanji being this person that fed him, Don Krieg being his idol basically. Um, yeah. but he still will fight Sandri. He won't let Don Creek. He said, "I'll, I will do it myself," because I don't know. What do you think? What do you? What kind of? What does that say about him? Like, what kind of honor? Like, you know, what? What is his code? Yeah. What do we think it's, of? It, what do we think of it? I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because that's something that I've been like tossing over like thinking about it because like you do have like this guy who comes in who's like oh yeah i'm the shit but he's also like he's super malnourished but he's also trying to still portray himself as this guy who is dangerous like he pops his feet up on the table and he's like bring me food i'm not gonna say it again you know and then he gets his ass beat and you realize oh he's just like he's really like diminished as far as health and sanji helps him and then he's like oh sanji you know like thank you so much all the stuff and then like and he talks to don krieg and you get like this weird side smirk that he gives right before the episode ends and then we go into him bringing don krieg to the restaurant but he's like this wasn't part of the plan you know like i i don't know where he lands as far as like a bad guy like i really like him but at the same time i like kind of despise him and i don't know how to feel about him you know i think with gin he just comes off to me as like the typical kind of kid who would join a gang like a kid who just doesn't have like a lot of positivity in their life or like anyone who like looks after them and that's part of why he can't kill sanji because it's the only person who's really been nice to him uh and is only like you know and that's when he's he's part of uh, Don Krieg's crew, you know he's he's merciless and he's considered a devil. Or I think that I think they said devil. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, demon, demon. demon, yeah. They call him a demon, and he's willing to do anything. And Don Krieg's the only person that he looks up to, and it's because he's just a person who you know doesn't have anyone who's looked after him or cared for him, and so he has he's chosen like this place where the he gets some kind of validation uh for his you know being cruel which is something he can you know learn how to do pretty easily and so that's part of why he can't you know he doesn't feel right killing sanji because this is the only person who's done that for him you know looked after him that way besides maybe he thinks don creek too yeah and that's like yeah because i mean don creek poisons him and he's still like takes him away even though he like blatantly says too, like oh tell luffy i'll see him on the grand line He's like, I probably only have like a few hours to live, you know? One of the things that I like that we see with Gin is his allegiance to the hierarchy of the crew, which is an interesting thing that we haven't seen in the other pirate crews yet. No, he's a he's he's very much. That's what I was wondering about, like, you know, being a man of. Like, where's his honor code? Like, how does his his honor code stack up? Um. Because he's clearly disappointed with his captain when his captain basically reneges on what the proposal was, like you know the like you know the scuttle feed us, you know, and you know there was him. he was yeah, and he clearly reneges on that, and then all of a sudden he says, "I'll kill, I'll I'll do it, I'll kill the guy," like you know, because he can't let somebody else do it. Um, yeah. and yeah, I think at that moment he's... he believe he believes he's gonna do it. Um, yeah. So and that, I find that interesting, um, especially considering towards the end, like you know, not only does he not kill him, but he basically sacrifices his life to to save this guy. See, I don't think uh, he knew that he would defeat Sanji because he also says like I'll I'll fight him, but I'm gonna use my hands. Like I'm not gonna do it with a gun, whatever. And I think he's hoping that there is some sort of fight where he might lose. And the only reason I'm saying that is because um, of his reaction to Don Krieg being like, I'm going to shoot this poison thing in there, toss your mask. And he's like, you're right, I deserve it. And he threw it. Like, there's some sort of honor to it where I think he thought Sanji was going to put up this fight that might potentially end with Sanji winning. And he might have some sort of way out of it. Or it's this thing where it's like, it's owed. Like, he's due for an ass whooping because he just pretty much brought a fleet of people. That's not how I see it at all. I, I see it as I no. see it as that uh, Gein is really, he really adheres to the power structure of the pirate crew. And that's what, that's what I was saying, is I think he's the first character that we see that adheres to this structure. Because when we see Captain Kuro's crew and he's like, well, I'm going to kill all you guys. None of them are like... Yeah, we'll gladly be killed. They'll gladly be hurt. Where Gin is like, I do what the captain says. And if the captain wants to punish me for acting out, then I accept that punishment. And we don't see that kind of, like, we don't see loyalty in that way from the other pirate crews at this up to this stage. Yeah. And it's mis, we all agree it's like misplaced loyalty. But yeah, it is yeah. where he kind of is, it's where he put his chips, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, Sanji even says it too. You're following the wrong man, you know. Yeah, that's a uh, it, it was. I, I find him a very, very interesting character, especially in this arc where we've had like you know, him and Hawkeye Mihawk are kind of in the same realm of like 
gray characters. They're very gray. Um, as far as like if we like them or not, or like you know being capital B bad, um, you know, then this series has has room for them, uh, which is kind of interesting. Ooh, it's just completely opposite of uh, our the guy who comes right after. Do we want to talk about um, the Iron Wall Pearl? Oh yeah, Pearl San. Yeah, Pearlson. Pearlson. His name was Robert Pearlson. Robert. His name is Robert Pearlson. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a lot of uh, affection for Pearl, but what I do like that we get here is when he starts setting everything on fire, and Sanji jumps in. He's like, "If I was afraid of fire, I couldn't be a cook." And it, it's an interesting way to an interesting characteristic to pick up on that a cook would have to deal with to give like a strength portrayal to this character. Mm-hmm. Can't handle heat. Get out of the kitchen. Hey. Loose as all the time. <laughs> Flipping pancakes. <laughs> oh, man, I get hit with like one drop of oil. I'm done. I'm ordering mm-hmm. out. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, that's that's no, that's very interesting. And like I said, that was when I was because this happens all after the whole fight with Hawkeye Mihawk and all that stuff. And I was like, what? And then we got this guy too. I was like. Where did this guy come from? Yeah. I didn't see this guy before. He wasn't rolling. Yeah. He came out of the cabin. Yeah, I think this also starts to be... From this point forward, we get... not I wouldn't say never again, but we definitely get fewer crew members of rival pirates or or whoever the sort of antagonist is of, the, of a given arc without any like portrayal prior to that where they just come in and it's like oh like maybe because if you look maybe at that's what i was like that that's what threw me off before because it was like i did not see this guy coming like they, they did not yeah have no, this guy. Just... he wasn't like in the background or anything that's yeah. completely so reasonable like the mindset is there could be like three more you yeah. know yeah so that's one of the things is i like all these early arcs but these are just you know, any any I think almost any One Piece fan would agree that these are probably the worst arcs in the series. And that's such a weird thing to say because you would also ask a lot of these One Piece fans like, oh, do you like those first arcs? And we would all say, yeah. And it has yeah, some of my favorite yeah. moments. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. I mean, they I was all, even they have these dope. amazing moments. And this is sort of a thing with One Piece in general is even some of the arcs that are not my favorite arcs, I, I still have a lot of my favorite moments. And yeah, some of these early arcs I think are the weakest and you'll see the difference in, in in writing between you know the arcs prior to this and then arc that we go to next week um and yeah, next week's like one of my favorites yeah and it's just a whole different level of of writing and you start to see where Oda starts to kind of come into his own and like really hit his stride and I don't know that you get there without these early arcs but no, of course not. It, it, it's, I think it is a tough sell to be like, oh, you know, get into this series. You should not make a real judgment on it until after you finish like 40 episodes. And the first 30 ish of those episodes are good, but they're the weakest in the series. That's like it's like yeah. a really weird kind of dynamic. And it's it's hard to explain to someone like why what makes these early arcs worthwhile. And the more you watch, the more I think Lou, you probably have a higher opinion of them going back, especially knowing some of what is being set up with some of these arcs. And 
having a perspective on how Oda writes in general, and and no and yeah. knowing also kind of knowing what to appreciate. And this is something something that we touched on a little bit earlier is like coming to this from a Dragon Ball Z sort of mindset. You're expecting oh it's going to be hype fights and hype action every minute, and that's not what One Piece is. One Piece has a lot of other qualities. And it does hit those hype moments at times, and it really does hit yeah. some, you know, really exciting moments. But One Piece is a different animal in terms of like what's what the most enjoyable parts of the series are. Yeah, and I think to like uh, kind of ride the coattails of that point is uh, when those moments do come down for the fight scenes and like the hype that comes from them. There's more on the line as opposed to something like Dragon Ball Z, where like. You know, we've talked about it too. You know, somebody died for the second time. You're like, you just wish him back with the Dragon Balls, you know? But, like, when it comes to, like, One Piece and, like, everything that's built up to, like, this one fight that happens, you're like, fuck, I really hope they make it through this one. Like, I I really hope they, like, come out on top, you know? And, like, re-watching, because, like, this is roughly where I stopped. Um, Yeah, this is exactly where you stopped, because you jumped right into the Arlong arc, I remember, when you started again. Eight or ten years ago, yeah, this is like where I stopped, and now rewatching it and knowing what comes next, because that's where I picked up earlier this year or like tail end of last year. the The origin stories for these characters keep getting heavier. Yeah, and now just to clarify on that, it's not that they're rewritten; it's just that going back to these, like you feel them yeah, yeah. more. Like, going from, like, Usopp's backstory to then Zoro's to then Sanji's. And, like, the weight of it just keeps getting more and more. And then, you know, I, no spoilers, but, like, next arc is going to be, you know, Nami's. And if, if I remember, like, it's still one of my favorite arcs because it, like, tore me apart. It's so good. A lot of tears. A lot um, of tears. And I would say, uh, and I wanted to bring this up before, the, the uh, like, when we were talking about uh, Johnny. Uh but when they dropped all those uh, wanted posters, I I saw the the Arlong one. I was like, oh, my Jesus, he's right there. He's right there. Yeah. Yeah, he's right also, there. actually, this is something that I, I, I've had in my notes, but I forgot to mention. When Mihawk comes in, this is such a great, like, One Piece writing moment where Hawkeye Mihawk comes in. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Because he just comes out of nowhere. Suddenly, ships are being cut apart. And then we see Johnny and Yozuku are in the water. And... You initially assume like, oh, it's because of the wreckage caused by Hawkeye Mihawk. And they're like, no, Nami threw us off the ship. And that's just the whole other like, what? Like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. like the, you the just fact drop that, they, that in there. The yeah. fact that they introduce this like, you know, we, I, you know, we keep calling them like a force of nature kind of character coming in and shaking everything up and then setting up an expectation of like this other little thing but it's like oh no that other little thing is actually part of a whole other conflict that we can't even cover right now but we're setting it up and it's it's it's, almost like she's starting the arc before the rest of the crew is and that's that way like you know that sort that starts to be how a lot of these arcs go and um especially when we're not quite at that point yet but this is one of the most exciting things in one piece is when you get episodes between arcs that are covering things that are happening happening in the world out away from the main characters and you know that that's set that those things are all setting up some major moment elsewhere on the ocean that it might it might even happen off screen but 
the reverberations of which will absolutely be felt by the main cast and in every subsequent thing that we that, you know we do um and those like those moments are huge and lou i think even where you're at you haven't seen a ton of those but and even the ones that you've seen i don't think that you were able to appreciate because you forgot some of the things that have happened in these early arcs whereas when you see them again yeah. you're gonna be like oh because you know things that things that you see shanks do i think you don't even remember like really like kind of had like a foggy idea of who shanks was and when we see yeah i did i like i i knew who shanks was but i didn't uh remember the the weight of shanks to luffy and like what it meant like doing this rewatch uh rewatch totally helped especially being you know x amount of years later um but what like i'm really interested in right now justin this is so cool it's just Shanks is so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cool. Oh my god, Shanks, did you lose your arm fighting for someone? Oh my god. Um, Justin, I want to know from your perspective, first time watcher, at least for like this part, like, what do you think is going to happen with Nami? That you know, like she's so obsessed with this wanted poster of Arlong, and like the portrayal that Johnny and his friend are talking about him. So they're like. Two things that I'm thinking about. So when I think about Nami, uh, the main thing I think about is her getting the treasure, like, you know, like, you know, her wanting mm-hmm. like, you know, wealth and stuff like that. And in the beginning, I thought that was just her portrayal as being pretty much like I, I said, it, I've said it every episode so far, like her being the most piratey out of all of them, like what you would think of as a pirate, like, you know, I, I'm off to get treasure like all the time. But uh yeah. I ain't saying she a gold digger. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, so there you go. That's, and you thought piece by piece was bad. This. <laughs> but, uh, and then I think about it in terms of what does she want that money for? Uh, what is she, why have all that gold? Is it just for the gold or is it, is there some sort of reasoning behind it? And for her to have this other ambition that we don't know about or some sort of like, you know, thing of value that we see. Um, yeah. I find it very, very interesting for her character because she has been, she's been a very enjoyable character. She's been very intelligent, probably the most competent, yeah, I would absolutely. say, out of all the characters. Yeah, definitely. The most competent. She's yeah, yeah, <laughs> the least sure. slapstick character. Not that she doesn't yeah, have she a moments, because she absolutely does, but. She's the one that's like the most like sensible of the whole crew. Yeah, yeah, she's the most straightforward. Yeah, yeah or like yes, you're right, sensible. Um I mean, she was the one who knew about scurvy and was like, "You guys want to be pirates and you don't even know about scurvy? <laughs> are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? Yeah. You must be a doctor." Yeah, that was so funny. He was like, "You're a doctor." He's just getting spit on by Johnny. He's like, "Thank you so much. Thank you so much, big sis." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Would you quit calling me that?" Oh gosh, because it's I could go. It's, it's all day, all all day about Shanks. That's cool. I, oh, I, sorry. I like I was, your uh, it was I like your perspective on this as far as like what Nami would want treasure for. You know? Yeah, no, because I mean, like uh, cheat code wise, I'm thinking you know Faye Valentine, and I was like, oh, mm. Faye Valentine, so like a similar thing where she was like, you know, out to get all this money, and then you find out because she owes like this humongous debt. But uh, yeah, I just got a debt to pay. Yeah, I'm being frozen. Interest payments. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's student loans. 
I want to give a shout out to uh, one of my favorite scenes so far in the anime was um, Don Krieg getting ready to like just mess some more shit up. Luffy running through, getting shot, and like having these like um, I, I, you wouldn't call them arrows. Darts, what would you call them? Like, like just projectiles, I like, guess, stuck in them. Yeah, with, and, with uh, mistakes almost. Yeah. Yeah, and Don Creek putting up this like spike cape. Blanket, he's like, yeah. "All right, let's see you do this." And then like Luffy hits him, and Don Creek's crew members, like two of them, just go, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, I also said, "Holy shit!" when I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Oh yeah, no, Luffy. Let's, fuck it. let's do it. This that fight. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to jump into that fight uh, now? Do we want to talk about uh, anything else before we? Uh, get into it because I want to say in terms of Sanji versus Gain really quick is that I I do really like this fight. I like the uh, choreography of it. I like Gain's weapons are pretty interesting. Not think not yeah. that we see before or since in the series, kind of a unique weapon that has its, its own kind of weight to it and own physics to it. Um, that plays really interestingly with like, you know, Gain swing around these like kind of like, I don't even know what you call these. These like, like a swinging mace or something that have like their yeah. own baton. Um, Billy club. Yeah, they're like Billy clubs with like a mace at the end of it, um, and swinging yeah. those around. And Sanji's kind of doing his like capoeira style like handstand kicks. Um, there's a t- there's a moment where Gin pins him and he spits. I think Gordo from You can say it. Yeah, he spits the <laughs> cigarette in his face to like burn him and like get out of one of the hits. Yeah, so sick. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That was actually. And I and I saw that right after. I think I texted uh, you guys. About Sanji, always smoking, uh, smoking, yeah. yeah, smoking all over everybody's food. And I'd be like, "What kind of fucking cook is this?" He's like, "This if a cook, some if anybody came out with a bowl of my soup and got a cigarette in their mouth, I'm looking. I'd be looking back. for the matches. Taking it back. I'm, I might be digging. I might be digging too deep with this. But ever since you asked that, I have been thinking more about it, and I came up with two answers to why Sanji would be smoking cigarettes all the time. One, he's a cook. All cooks smoke cigarettes. I'm just, I'm putting that out there. That is like kind of a norm. I like to apologize Two. to any non-smoking cooks that we've offended. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys are established and uh, very, you know, very hardworking. It's, 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 you know, it's a tough job. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, you got to do whatever you got to do to cut the edge off, whether it's take a shot, smoke a cigarette, you know, or just like scream in your car. I understand. Sanji does all of those things, you know. But I think the other thing that I kept thinking about with it is, um, once again, I think I might be thinking too much into it, other than like, oh, it might be a cool aesthetic, but smoking cigarettes reduces your craving for food and like your craving for starving. Like, pretty much what I'm saying is I think he smokes cigarettes so he doesn't feel hungry. And yes, I know, like I said, it might be digging too deep, but... As a former cigarette smoker, I know this for a fact. You can go like a whole day without having to eat because it'll suppress your hunger. And given the nature of his backstory, I don't know. I'm kind of putting two and two together. That's not a bad theory, actually. No, oh, and you think uh, like you know why else would he, like, uh, Zeph doesn't smoke? That's like his main influence. Like up until then, that's like basically his whole uh, philosophy is based on Zeph's pretty much, yeah. and. Uh, down to his fighting style, 
why else would he be picking up smoking? Like, you know, as a... Well, I got a perfectly good answer for that, too. Just because you have an idol doesn't mean when you're a kid you don't make dumb decisions. No, no, That's no. how I got into smoking in the first place. Well, yeah, because I was just idol called it a, a dumb kid, s- and when he was a kid, and look okay. <laughs> and I didn't smoke. Man, then I thought Bill making smoking. the best meals. I was like, "Fuck!" And he smokes. Oh, dude, <laughs> so fucking cool. But no, I mean, you just, you, Lou. You, I, I hope you know that you went forward and backwards of calling, like making a very astute, like very like a nuanced uh, view of why somebody would be smoking in this world, like a legitimate. Like story reason, and then going back and saying, "No, he was just being real fucking stupid." <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. He that's played both. Uh, he played both ends of it. <laughs> you know, there's different perspectives, Justin. It just depends on which uh, which viewfinder you want to look through. Yeah. One piece at a time, you know. One piece. One piece at a time, <laughs> Justin. We'll figure this out. I'm telling out. you guys, put it on like a t-shirt. A... That'll be on our t-shirts. Watch it. One piece. I at feel a time. like you know. He just he smokes. Well, he cooks the same way you don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. He's going to make bad decisions. Also, going back to the beginning, we, we already covered this, but I like that you tried to, like, anchorman me with, like, the weird <laughs> quote. Like, is he going to say it? Is he going to say, fuck you, Massachusetts, or whatever the anchorman quote was? Uh, fuck you, San Diego. <laughs> Massachusetts? Yeah, we're, uh, yeah, Massachusetts. Fuck That's you, where San Diego. anchorman yeah. takes place, right? No, San Diego. Boston, <laughs> Oh, um, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Yeah, San yeah, Diego. Whale's vagina. Yeah. That's what actually. That's what Justin wrote. Was uh, welcome back to the very, very, very strongest One Piece podcast. Fuck you, Massachusetts. We're back. <laughs> Fuck you, listeners. I'm Bill. I hate everyone. That horse did not double jump. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he said that. I remember that. You guys didn't hear it because we had to cut it out because we're like, Bill, you got to take it Yeah, they're always trying to make me say bad words on the script and offend the viewers. And Anyway, so Luffy whooped Don Creek's ass. Uh, There's some really awesome compositions in this fight. There's like the part where he goes up to the top of the mast. And like there's like like a camera pull. Super dynamic, like so cool. Um, I I like this is, I think, the first time... I mean, I guess they did in the first episode too, but this is the first time they re- you really deal with the the physics of fighting on a boat. Yeah, with how much like you know how much ship you have, and Luffy yeah. saying it's like you know this ship is broken up. I've lost too much blood. I can't really get a foothold. I can't find yeah. a full strength. Like you know that's a I can't do the things that like would put me over the top. I have to be kind of careful. Uh, with what I'm doing right now. But uh, I, f- I found that interesting. I also kind of go back and forth with not knowing exactly how Luffy's like abilities work because he does get he does get cut. He can get pierced, but bullets don't work on him and explosions really don't have too much of an effect. Yeah, because yeah, when you think I of think an explosion, it's kind of like an impact, right? So yeah, impact yeah, like really if you were to... Him. Yeah, if you were to yeah, if you uh, RPG style, if you were to yeah, kind of slicing damage, piercing damage versus this much damage. Uh, yeah, he could bounce like a shockwave off. He could bounce like a bullet. That's you know, bullet. we're talking about pirate bullets. They're rounded, yeah. uh, but you know, like the projectiles that he's shooting out and they're sticking to him. You can't really do anything with a pointed edge, you know. Yeah, they'll still pierce the skin even though it's rubber. I guess. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, that was that was God, Justin. Use some logic. Use some logic, dude. It's all <laughs> so like the whole battle goes down and he defeats Don Krieg. And uh I was telling Ju- I was telling Bill about this, is that um even like a few weeks ago I rewatched Sanji's like going away. Um, you know, when they finally part. I I think One Piece does this. There's something about the parting scenes where somebody's joining the when someone leaves their home island, basically. Yeah, there's like this like I don't know. There's something about it that's really cool, but like Sanji's really sticks out to me where it's like these two dudes that aren't even really related, but they have this father son connection and like so something about One Piece that um really sticks out to me are the stories of like. When they're finally parting and Oda writes them really well, they're always on like different levels, but uh, Sanji's is one that I have gone back to. And I was telling Bill earlier too, like probably three weeks ago, um, I rewatched Sanji's uh, going away, his parting with like, which you would essentially call a family, but the crew members and Zeph and you've got like this, like, dynamic where they're not really related but you've got this father son figure and he's got these things from like him being a pirate that were passed down to sanji where it's like you know you like men aren't supposed to say a word when they're leaving each other or whatever and he gives like and this whole time you've seen them and they're just like hey you geezer hey you brat and like just shitting on towards each other yeah yeah, yeah. And the last thing he says to him is, don't catch a cold. Uh, which is just like a very... I don't know, there's something caring about it, but it's also parental. And also, I thought it was funny because Bill thought he said, uh, don't forget to wipe your ass. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, similar. what's he say? What's he yeah, saying? Bill this? Don't forget it. to wipe your ass. Yeah. Like... <laughs> don't forget to wipe your ass. It's funny because I've seen the scene so many times. Yeah. So I definitely don't know it, on the way out. Wipe your ass, son. <laughs> Is it also uh, also I'd like to as during doing this podcast I've I've never seen like a uh, Bill behave more like somebody from New Jersey than <laughs> 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 this, and that's not like it's not an insult but I like all of a sudden I like saw certain things that I was like oh shit Bill is from New Jersey yeah what you say to his uh, what you say to Sanji he says Sanji yeah, I love I, you don't forget to wipe your ass wipe your ass and pick me up a hoagie when you go to Wawa get out of here give me a glass of water uh, <laughs> but uh what's funny is like this watch through um i feel like this is what i would imagine sending your kid off to college feels like where it's like he's getting in the boat and it's like you don't know when you're gonna see him again and it's for him but like you want it for them but like you yeah are upset at the same time because he tells him too like you know you have the same dream i have and i want you to go out to the grand line and do it and like goes through all the like this rigmarole to get everybody like kind of push sanji out Instead of Zeph just like talking to him and being like, I want this for you or whatever. I don't know. There's like something about it. I was just like, this is probably the closest I can relate to something that feels like being a parent. I don't know. Uh, let me tell you something. It's so much fucking harder than that. It's, <laughs> it, I, I swear. You're telling me you're not going to look at Jacob and be like, oh, go wipe your ass. Don't just send him off. 
No, it, 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 look, I'll put it this way. There is something to it. There is something to it. But the, here's here's the real like truth when it comes to it. They are the most frustrating thing in your life. They are like the biggest like source of stress and uh, like, you know, uh, difficulty that you you will get. I'm getting feedback somewhere. Yeah, you're getting feedback. All right. So no. again, say something. Yeah. What the fuck? How about now? I don't hear myself at that time. He's reconnecting. Oh, never right, mind. Now. Anything? No, I, I I don't hear myself uh cool. anymore. Okay. So, what I was saying is that you have a kid, they are, they take up 90% of your, if not your time, your brain occupancy, because you're always thinking about, okay, when are they going to, like, you know, I got to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, just to keep them alive. Like, you know, and they, like, they're, they will be the most frustrating thing in your life. They are going to be the most like taxing on you, like, you know, financially, like mentally, physically thing in the entire world. But I could tell you that when I sent my, like, you know, sent Jacob to daycare, which you think of as such a relief when you're shopping for, like you're shopping for daycare, I guess you would call it, or like, you know, looking at different places mm-hmm. that when they, go into that like that classroom and you have to go you feel like the worst amount of dread and like you know in- like uh, anxiety depression i don't know whatever you want to call it that you look through the window and look at them play in the room cuz you still feel that you need to see them and the whole time you've been waiting for that like that moment or that day you were thinking about how much like you know relief just to have a break but even when that break comes you're like it's doesn't like you it does not go away whatever that 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 thing is you you were like you were and in the case of my son he's gone for like eight hours i will go get him at the end of the day (laughs) Let alone if they have to go off for years and you might never see, like, you know, might, might not see them for a very long time. You know, I know more or less when I'm going to see my son again. Uh, but, yeah, no, especially when, when that happens. it's it, And it doesn't always happen the same way, but I, I can tell you that it's it hits you hard, like, every once in a while that you'll go especially i guess in my situation where um jacob started going to daycare during covid and parents weren't allowed inside the building um like you know the so he goes in there they close the door like you know behind you and you look through glass while he goes sit down like you know and he you know fucking around with all his friends and stuff like that my son's one and a half by the way guys so uh, listeners <laughs> when i say mm. he's not like going smoking cigarettes in the back but <laughs> he is he's running things not like Lou was at that age yeah you want 
my mom's watching me from the glass. She's like, where the hell did he learn that? I'm just hustling, kids. Oh, I got gosh. doodle dust on my fingers. Oh, no, I do that. I, I ask that all the time. Where, where did he learn? It's just crawling on top of the table, like sliding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I could say that the, it's, it's, it's so much more than than that but uh i could definitely see it uh in this in that scene because it's hard you don't want them to leave even though yeah. you do <laughs> they're both crying oh broke my heart i didn't expect zeph to cry i i did yeah. not that's what really gets you is seeing zeph cry because yeah. that makes you want to you're like yeah. oh it's like seeing your dad cry when anytime you see your dad cry you're like oh shit <laughs> oh, yeah. Or anytime oh. you see Denzel cry in a movie, you start to cry. Yeah, I start to cry too. God, man on fire, you got. Oh yeah. But uh, now that's that's. Uh... I think that's a pretty good wrap on that scene. Yeah. The only thing I want to say about this arc that we haven't touched on yet is in episode twenty nine, we get a panda man. A re- probably one of the most upfront panda mans that we get in the whole series yeah uh, he's on the stack of uh he's in the stack of pirates on the boat of uh, the creek pirates getting shipped off by gin oh he's giving a peace sign it's yeah he's so giving good. a peace sign right towards the camera and everything yeah that's good it's pretty that's good, good. Panda I, I do want to i do want to say this i've got a very 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 for very. this episode all right oh take it away lou the very 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 Best article of clothing I saw. It's a toss-up because, like, Bill and I were talking about it, but I, I genuinely love. There's like a scene where like shit's going down, a bomb's blowing up, and a guy has a beanie on that just says "baby." <laughs> so good. What about you guys? Did you have uh, any articles of clothing that stuck out to you? Well, you know, mine is. Uh, there was one. It's like. It's just text. It's a yellow shirt, red text with a green leaf at the bottom. Uh, like it looks like almost like kelp leaves. Like it's not like seaweed or something. Uh, and the shirt just says Billy Wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not Bollywood. It's Billy Wood. Billy Wood. <laughs> no, it's a uh, Billy it's... Wood. Two separate words. Two separate words. No hyphen. Yeah. <laughs> No hyphen, just Billy up top, then wood, then a leaf. <laughs> and that's the whole shirt. And that will so be good. a 300 episode arc later in the series. Bill does. That's when Billy Wood comes out in episode 900. You guys yeah. are going to shit your pants. I will say, no, mine would definitely be uh, Sanji's uh, platform boots. Because I. They are pretty, pretty they, solid. They, 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 even if they're not. I still think they're they're fucking dope, and I will even bring it back to when I helped Bill uh, do that cosplay. We were shopping for, uh, like those clothes. You, you came with me. Oh man! I oh yeah, the, the, I, I came with you. Wait, yeah. you were a part of this? Yeah, I was with. I was oh part of him with that God. and his Link outfit. Yeah, yeah. So for the viewers, I, I've cosplayed a, a bunch of characters when I lived in Florida. I did. Toon Link, um, with my my props for the Toon Link was obviously the Wind Waker, but I also had the spoils bag. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a fun one, and I've I've done Sanji and I've done Luffy. I don't think you guys have seen me do Luffy because that was when I was at Ringling. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, the first and only time I ever saw you cosplay was as Sanji, and my dad witnessed it with me. And he yeah. was just like, what are you supposed to be? You look like a like karate a guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> you got the curly Q eyebrow. Yeah. No, wow, didn't know that. Yeah, no, I, I remember uh I remember helping Bill with uh with that or, or we were looking for stuff for it. Like I had no context of what he was actually doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, you know, we would just just hang out and, you know, Bill was shopping for boots, like you know, high platform shoes. <laughs> Hey, if you're gonna, you know, kick somebody, you want something with a heel. That's know? why. That's why I thought when, because they show them when he's leaving, like they have that shot of his feet, like walking out. Um. And they looked like platforms, and I was like, maybe that's what makes him kick better. Is that like the weight of those like heels hitting you in the face would probably be horrific. Yeah. Well, he's, so he's hitting them you, with nostalgia, Studio Fifty Four shit. Zeph's uh, moniker is Red Leg Zeph. Yeah, a red foot. So, uh, Zeph. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting some feedback on there, Mike again. You just got to do the headphone, uh, one headphone in or something. Um, so yeah, so Zeph's moniker is Red Leg Zeph. Later in the series, we get Sanji's, which is black leg sanji oh damn he got the black foot yeah black leg sanji See, i put it uh, i thought it was red foot zeph it's not red foot it's red yeah. leg red yeah red foot oh uh, he called red foot? sanji red leg yeah it was sanji's black leg oh, sanji. black leg okay so black legs all right and then uh zeph is red foot all right uh, oh other best article of clothing is we gotta give we gotta give some uh some props to Dracula Mihawks, his button up that's like cut like a like it's got like a red and pink like ornate design on it. There's like some kind of like floral to it. That's super awesome. It's like a vampire shirt. I didn't want to go straight up to 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 that because I was like, that's he probably had the most flamboyant outfit of the entire. And I could have oh, picked anything. Did he have like a feather in oh. his hat too? I could have picked that feather. Yeah, he has a really big hat. Yeah, I don't know if he has a feather in it. But what about Gins? Gin's drip, where it, it, like he had like the dragon jacket, and then later on, like you didn't, oh, at least for me, I didn't realize it was Gin, and like he, he put his, his hand, he his shirt off, yeah, yeah, he put his hand on uh, Don Krieg, and I was like, who the fuck's wearing like a flame T-shirt? Because he had like mm. the flames going up the side, and then they revealed Gin. I was like, dude, this guy has no sense of style. <laughs> yeah, he has probably one of the Fucking worst. Fucking Flavor Town looking ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, he's my friend. I'm poisoned. Dude. Someone needs to get like queer eye for the straight guy on Gin, or who knows what his orientation is, but There's a, um, he's definitely a simp for Don Krieg. The boy needs help. The boy needs help. The boy. But uh, no, uh, Bill, I don't know if you've been watching the queer eye, but they, the, like, they help. They, it's not for the straight guy. It's they help everyone. They, right they help everyone. Yeah. Oh, that, that's great. Anybody who yeah. needs God. style, you know, they'll they'll come in. They yeah. got you. And they and they not only. Like, you know, help you dress better. They fix your life. Like, you know, they each, Damn, like, dude. you know, that, yeah, no, they'll go in. Yeah. They got a relationship stop you guy. Gambling. Yeah, no, they got, they got, they got that. They help you reconnect with your parents. They do the whole thing. Even the mythic rank in Magic Arena. They'll get you to mythic. They'll, they'll help you out, man. Yeah. It's pretty good. What it's is... not, it's not, not bad. <laughs> it's, it's not, not bad. 
It's like a life coach. Yeah, it's like, but yeah, but it's all aspects of your life. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is, uh, enough queer eye talk. We do that in a whole nother podcast. Yeah, the very um, very strongest. Our our next uh, our next arc um, is like I said earlier, one of my favorites. Um, super impactful, really heavy, awesome story, and you get some badass fight scenes too. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. What uh, what episodes are we covering? Uh, we're covering episodes thirty one to thirty seven. So we'll call this Arlong Park Part 1. So, yeah, this will be the first piece of the Arlong Park arc. Um, we're going to be doing episodes 31 through 37. Obviously, if you guys uh, at home want to watch the whole thing, you'll get two episodes for the price of one, as we'll be going. we'll have two episodes on Arlong Park. Does um, that count for us, too? Can I watch the whole thing? Well, you watch it's it gonna already, be really so hard really to like, really <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to start. Uh, so it's gonna be hard to stop where we stop. But for the for the fans who are in the know, where we're watching up episode thirty seven is when you get the march, and the fans know what that is. I'm not gonna say more because if I give the full name, it'll it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slight. Spoiler. If I say the full name, it's a slight spoiler. But uh, this is gonna be up to the march on. You all know where. And uh, <laughs> yeah, very exciting. Um, I, I think I think every all the viewers know what song we're going to start it off with the next the next episode with as well. If you are familiar with this. George Michael. Yeah. Oh, man. Careless Whisper. It's a it's, uh, Bill has these uh, for the listeners. Bill has these like uh, songs that he enters the, the podcast to. And I put it in the pocket, but actually what I do is I change it to songs that I want as the beginning. So this one <laughs> has been, uh, for the listeners at home, Taylor Swift's uh, Evermore album. Yeah, he's always uh, doing Pink Floyd and stuff. This is, this is Look it. What You Made Me Do by Look Taylor what Swift. What you made me do. Look what you, Look made, what me you do. made me do. I did the thing I said I would do. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I'm really looking forward. I know this is where you guys said like the series like kicks it into... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and we're just going to be on a ride from here, honestly. Like, there are, you know, I wouldn't say that every arc following this arc is better than, than Arlong arc, but there's a notable incre- increase in quality. And, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a, just a total ride from here on out. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And it's going to be great to hear your perspective on it as a first-time viewer yeah, no, I'm I'm really I'm really really looking forward to it. Um, I just yeah. also wanted to mention, as of today, we are live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Woo! YouTube, Pocket Cast, and everywhere in between. So you guys don't be afraid to subscribe. Tell your friends, neighbors, neighbors' yeah. pets, mail carrier. You know, you're getting those Amazon packages still going through the whole quarantine thing. You're getting way more Amazon packages. Tell your mail carrier, say, hey, do you, you like One Piece? You see all this One Piece stuff that I'm getting that I'm ordering? Go, let me see your phone. Always. We are very, very, very serious about this. No, 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 no. More, more than anything that we've said in this entire podcast, this is what you do. This is the trick. Somebody <laughs> just ask for their phone. Take their phone, download it. 
they'll never be able to take it off. They'll never be able. They'll never figure it out. <laughs> that is the ultimate trick. So, uh, you know, we are on all those platforms. Anytime you could rate, subscribe, uh, it really, really helps. Uh, we really enjoy doing this. This is one of the, the. This is this is one of the most fun things that I've ever been a part of. Um, and you know what? Let me ask you one more. If you got an enemy you know, somebody that you don't like, the worst thing you can do to them is have them to subscribe to this podcast because, you know, you're <laughs> sticking it to them by saying you're going to listen to my favorite thing. You're going to be thinking about me when I'm not even here. And then yeah, they're going to get boring. notifications about some, what the hell is this? Did I download a virus? It's like downloading a virus. <laughs> <laughs> the very, very, very strongest one be peace podcast our tagline did i download a virus <laughs> one piece at a time <laughs> all right i think we ended there hey, all right take it easy guys so, yeah so see you next week you know what we're on on we a cruise are on a cruise Woo! we are we are